You can ask for alternative ways to to accomplish it too. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I don't think that will help. Sometimes it'll just apologize, which of which I always feel bad. <laughs> it what, does uh, I'm gonna use slang. See what happens. What else you got? Watch it just starts rapping like Bixby or something. It gave me oh, the virtually the same formula. If error index a a one a ten match one. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, it's is, a bit like sometimes with stuff like that, it's a little too literal. Yeah, but I'm go. I'm going to look more into this co-pilot thing that you sent me. I'm going to, and I'm actually going to send it to my coworker. I'd be like, oh my god, look at this. The business look. chat. The business chat's so fucked because it's like, if you if you like if 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 I sent you a list of like 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 a point form list in an email of like you know just a bunch of information, and you were like, oh my god, now I'm gonna have to like copy and paste these bullet points and put them into Excel. I'm fairly certain having not used the thing but just from the video you could tell it be like hey from the latest email from matt lawrence please make an excel with two columns to organize the bullet points you put in and i think it would just do it oh that sounds so amazing i want that so think about it as like in like it's like you literally have an assistant i i'm wondering if it would be able to scan an attachment in it be like hey justin send me that pdf open it pull uh i need to pull this bullet point out of it Probably like, like give me the key takeaways of the yeah. attachment of the attached PDF. Yeah, probably because the Microsoft 365 app has like a PDF uh, filter section on phone. You know, anyway, you, you know, what's crazy. I was, I was trying to search for it today. I have a, I have a paid PDF thing, which lets me rip apart and edit and like combine files. All right. Um, it's insane that windows or Mac that I can tell. I don't, I don't know if Mac OS has it, but windows, just doesn't have a native PDF editor. Like there's no way for me to take two PDFs and tell Windows, just combine these together. I almost wonder if they have like a deal with Adobe. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm thinking. Because I have a I have a I have a professional one that I do it. And my my brother, he has assignments and he has PDFs from various sources and he likes to have it in one like like a binder uh uh product, like a like a PDF binder. Mm-hmm. So he sends it to me. He's like, Hey, can you splice this together? And I do it uh, happily. But then I was playing around because, you know, I was trying to figure out how to do it at work because I, w- I want to be able to combine PDFs at work, but again, they're not going to give me a paid PDF thing at work. And I don't have access to my, my, my professional service at work. And I'm like, how I'm like, it's insane that even iOS can't do this. And I was Googling today. And it looks like there actually is a way to do it on iOS. Um, if you save it into the local, like yeah, they, all files have to be in the same directory of like the the file browser on iOS. Yeah, literally the, the, the files app, right? Yeah, wherever it is. No, but you can have you can have. There's like a downloads folder. You can actually there's a there's an actual file explorer, and you can actually have subfolders now. Okay. Um, but they all have to be in the same folder, and then you have to name them all the same. And then you have to put like, so whatever, if it's just like, you know, compose, and you have to put dash zero one, dash zero two, dash zero three, whatever. And then you have to, sl- you say select, select them all. And then there's like a, there's a new option that says make PDF. And then it will just make them into a PDF. But the reason why I have to put like a zero one, zero two is because it won't know what order to do it. And by default, it will go alphabetically. So then you're essentially just tricking it to do it in the order that you want. I still don't like how it's hacky. Like, 
Yeah. Like, and why the hell is it there just uh and 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 it will it will combine the entire file. You can't say take this page from whatever. Oh yeah. Because, okay. Because like my brother will give me, he's like, he'll give me one document and then he'll give me another one. He's saying, but I need I need this page within pages two and three of his other one, and then I need this page within pages six and seven of this one. So I'm actually like shuffle. I'm also taking two piles of pages and just like shuffling them together, which I can do, but I don't think the iOS solution would be able to do that. I just use Zoto on, on windows. It's free. Hopefully I'm I'm saying that correctly. Like I have a a perpetuity license with Adobe. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, the bigger one, which allows me to do it. Um, but it's something weird though. I was, uh, I had I have the paid one on this computer and I have the free one on it as well because of because the paid one is a slightly older version that's missing some newer modern version uh, features. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so depending on what I do is I either go to the free one or I have to go to the paid one. But then when I when I tried to combine it the other time it it aired out. It said, "Hey, we're not going to do this because you have a newer version installed. Go use that one." And I couldn't tell it to ignore that, but then the newer one wouldn't do it because I don't have a license for it. It's just a free one. And then I go back to the old one and saying, you have a new one, go use that one. What are you doing? And I'm like, no, like fuck off Adobe, like use this one. This is a premium so, one. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, now, so I have to, I had to uninstall the new one to, and then it worked like it did it because it didn't see a new one. So I now have to like, <laughs> I keep one Adobe on my, I keep the new one on my laptop and I keep the old one on my main PC for the stuff that I have to do. I guess that's the, that's just the way I have to do it then. But um, I am, I'm going to look into this uh, Microsoft Copilot. This has intrigued me, Mr. Lawrence. It's uh, I know that a lot of developers like it because GitHub Copilot, which is owned by Microsoft GitHub is, oh, I guess and Copilot. Uh, they, it's been pretty successful and I think it's been around for like a year ish. I want to say. So our world's being taken over by AI. I welcome it. I want it all. I want a computer to tell me when to shit during the day. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, this is the Daily Patch Podcast, episode 432. Ryan is abandoned us again, so I'm your temporary host, Matt Lawrence. I'm here with uh, another skeleton crew. Adriano Petty, how's it going? But the best skeleton crew. The best skeleton crew, yeah. Uh, um, doing good. How are, how's, how's, how's it going with you? Doing all right, doing all right. Uh, just a hectic tax season, as per the usual, but um, getting through it, mostly. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't do crypto taxes by yourself. Cause it really sucks. And that's what I've been doing for several days now. Oh, why don't you just have, why don't you just have an AI do it? Well, here's the word. Here's the horrible thing. So I am putting them into a program, like all the, the crypto information in order to get a report of which I had to pay almost $300 to get the report. And that report then goes to an accountant that has to prepare the return. So it's going to be like a thousand dollars. I think after all said and done with all the different, or maybe not a thousand, I'm probably being a bit, exaggerating but um it's gonna be hell it's it's just it's just a hellish tax season i mean it's tax season and i hate it which is what makes it hellish so yeah 
It's uh, it's an interesting thing. But we have a lot of stories for you here today. Get video game stories. Uh, and we did something interesting this week. So uh, Adriano prepared, of course, the stories. And I went through the stories, chose some, uh, fl- like fl- flipped through the content, of course. But then I asked Bing AI to get some, generate some key takeaways in point form. And uh, not all the points are made by Bing, but... Uh, many of them are so just a, a bit of a disclaimer or an FYI there but we got tons of stories here including probably the headliner I would say uh, E3 2023 cancelled and more than likely I would estimate E3 in general dead is um, what, what we're not telling the audience is that's why Ryan's not with us tonight he is taking a personal day he is <laughs> he's taking some time to absorb the loss of E3 and he will come back when he's ready and move on with his life. I mean, I'm sure it, I'm sure it sucks for him. I mean, it sucks for all of us. Like I like taking, you know, the day or two just relaxing, having some pizza, whatever, hanging out or just like even texting back and forth. if We weren't together and just like talking about the events. Now it's sort of like, Hey, are you guys watching the the PlayStation showcase? Or are you guys watching the Ubisoft thing? And 99% of the time I've forgotten to watch it. And I just like watch some highlights or Rick read some highlights and I don't get super into them. Yeah, with, with few exceptions. So, I mean, it it kind of sucks, but I guess it's for a fast moving world. I don't know how else to describe the, it. The all day, um, the all day, all weekend outings that we had in Ryan base in Ryan's basement of just like pizza and then more pizza and then hamburgers and then maybe some pizza later and just some watching. Fries. Yeah, <laughs> just watching video games all weekend. Yeah, I miss that. That was the sad thing is like. I mean, I, I guess I kind of get it that, like, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about these E3 stories, because there's also another story we have that complements it, which may have been the nail in the coffin. But um, with E3, there were it was just so much news that it was like, OK, I can't remember all these games. And so I, I, I mean, a couple of us started writing down. It's like, OK, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in this. I'm interested in this. And I think one of them recently, I forgot. I haven't checked my list from, I guess, the previous E3. and or I guess one of the, one of the E3 conferences or something. And um, one of the people I watch on YouTube skill up, he got to play uh, Atlas fallen. And I was like, Oh, that kind of looks oh. cool. It kind of looks like outriders. And so I like went and check it, checked it out. And then he, at the, I believe it was at the end of the video, he played the clip of uh, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to call him a wizard. Like the wizard guy, like lifts slash repairs the bridge. So his convoy can get across. And I was like, Holy crap. I do remember this. I only clicked on this because it kind of looked like Outriders, but I, I actually did have interest in this and it and I did check it. It's on one of my lists from one of the conferences I watched. And um, so I with that, I get I get why E3 would potentially be canceled. And, and you know what? We might as well just get into the E3 stories now since we're talking about them. The first one I want to talk about uh, is potentially what caused E3 to finally just shut down, although maybe not. Uh, Ubisoft is no longer attending E3 2023 and will host its own event in June. I do want to say that this article was published before E3 was formally can- was officially canceled. So some of the points are going to you know talk about E3 like as if it's still happening. But this comes from the Video Game Chronicle. Um, just like the title suggests, Ubisoft is no longer attending this year's physical E3 event, and instead it will be ho- hosting its own Ubisoft Forward Live event on June 12th in Los Angeles. Um, E3 2023, the flagship industry event's first physical show in four years, is due to run from Tuesday, June. 13th and has been taken over by the entertainment software association by read pop um 
or excuse me, from the Entertainment Software Association by Reed Pop. So Reed Pop is what is, as I guess, was supposed to be in charge of E3. Um, under the revamped format, which is no longer happening, the first two days of E3, uh, 2023, which would be June 13th and June 14th, they would be reserved exclusively for businesses, while the remaining days would include uh, consumer visitors. And of course, as of right, as of this Ubisoft article breaking, Nintendo and Xbox have already confirmed that they'll be skipping this year's event. However, the latter will have some sort of pre- presence at... Uh, or in LA during the same window. And this, of course, leads right into the this other story, which I'll just summarize now as well, which comes to us from CBR. E3 2023 is canceled again after major studios back out. E3 2023 is canceled due to a lack of playable demos and resourcing challenges from major studios. Reed Pop apology, apologizes, excuse me, for the decision. In a public statement, they said, quote, this was a difficult decision because of all the effort we and our partners put toward making this event happen, but we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that that interested companies would have had playable demos, uh, excuse me, wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome. For those who did who did commit to E3 2023? We're sorry we can't put on the showcase you deserve, and that you've come to expect from Reed Pop's event experiences. Which I believe, I believe Reed Pop is the one that they're the people that make or slash organize packs. But I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure that is it. I maybe. and packs like I've never heard complaints. Not that I follow packs too closely, but I've never usually I'll hear about the fallout if something horrible happens, and I usually don't hear um about chaos at pack so it sounds like um this uh this e3 potentially like it could have just been like weird timing but it's like i wonder if if ubisoft hadn't had backed out would they have been like yep you know there's enough there's enough here there's like a you know one big publisher that has a lot of developers under their belt a lot of ip under their belt we can keep e3 going um but their comment so Reed Pop's comment on, you know, not having playable demos makes a lot of sense. Um, so we 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 go occasionally to a local expo called Fan Expo and Fan Expo is about everything. It's comics, it's gaming, stuff like that. And not always and not recently, but like usually like Xbox is there. Um, PlayStation's there. I think Nintendo might have been there one time. EB Games, which is uh, GameStop, used to be there. And a lot of the time you would get the odd new demo. Like it'd be like, Oh, a halo is about to come out. You know, there's a halo booth inside of the Xbox booth. Cause their booths are rather large, but then they would have a bunch of like little playable demos for, of games that had already come out or games that we've seen a lot of, or that maybe there was already a demo or a beta available. And we'd be able to like play that on the show floor regardless. So I can only imagine, you know, obviously fan expos focus is not on gaming. It's just an extra thing that's there. It's one of the things that's there. So I can only imagine if if these studios do not and publishers do not have playable demos available, what the consumers would have thought of the event. Like, hey, like, why is Cuphead here? You know, why am I lining up to play Cuphead? Why am I lining up to play, you know, Halo Infinite? Um, things like that. When it like clearly, like clearly, like, you know, I, I want to try new games. Like, where's the new games type of thing? Uh, and that and that really sucks. Like I I I I don't know. I, what do you think, Adriano? You're you're muted as well. By the way, you're talking, but you're probably you on. I should probably unmute my uh, my bloody microphone physically. Yep, yep. What was what was the thing that I said before? Oh, I must have forgot to use the paperclip in the email. Oh, oh yeah, the paperclip <laughs> paper broke when I didn't attach the email. Um. 
it's a shame because there are, it is an avenue for people to kind of discover new things and to there's there's been a lot of instances of watching e3 where it's like oh my god i i i want to play that and i want to play that i want to play that and you know knowing me i don't actually ever i'm one of the few people who are on a video game podcast that don't play video games but it's just it's it's great to, to kind of see into a window of a of a industry and kind of keep up the date with what is going on on the broad sense of the scope because even like remember like 10 even 10 plus years ago when when the first 10 minutes of every major press conference for you know nintendo sony and x microsoft was it was numbers heavy you had them like on stage comparing sales numbers fiscal results it, pricing fiscal, changes yeah. yeah fiscal results and you know they're playing for this and that and it actually felt like it was a proper conference and then they slowly started to turn into like a media thing and then became a full media thing and now nobody wants to do it because they all have their own YouTube channel. I almost kind of miss those old kind of business-esque versions of it. Kind of like with Apple's, what is Apple's called every year? I think they have one coming up. Uh, um, WWDC. Yeah. Because because it's essentially like, I, I want Microsoft and I want PlayStation to have those big yearly events like they do. But yeah, they don't have to do it together in unison uh, you know, June, first weekend of June in LA. So the that old business side of it is what I miss most, but it also kind of opened up a a window for even mainstream media to kind of keep up to date with what's happening. Because, you know, normally people wouldn't wouldn't know what a what an Oculus is, but then, you know, watching the PC gaming show or watching um PlayStation with their PSVR, they would get a, a, a look into that space. When when I when I tell people, I think, um, I think it was I think it was at work when when somebody told me that Microsoft made a pitch to buy Activision Blizzard, and I remember reading it and like I think my jaw, like like I audibly, like jaw audit like or. Like I gasped and my jaw physically dropped. Like I was like, it was a legitimate, it was a legitimate look of shock. And somebody goes to me, they're like, oh my God, what the hell happened? I go, I go, Mike Shaw's going to buy uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, and they're like, what, like, what the hell do you, what, what do you mean? What is that? I go, oh, I go, this is a, I go, you know what Microsoft is? Like, you know, window, but this is a, this is a avenue of their industry and this is like an avenue of, or this is an avenue of their business in another industry that you have no idea about. Like the words Activision Blizzard mean absolutely nothing to you. Nothing to them. And, yeah. and I can explain to you that they're going to buy a company for how much is it? 60 billion. And you would be like, I don't care. That doesn't affect me. But they're, it, it is a massive, massive deal. Even, even to, even the non, even like the non gaming side of Microsoft will be greatly affected by it. So, it's just, it's always been the separation of, you know, the gaming side of Microsoft, for instance, and the business side of Microsoft or the gaming side of PlayStation. And E3 was always kind of like this, this, this like viewport that kind of bridged that industry and mainstream media. Cause you would even have like CNN do broad coverage of, of E3 and they would talk about it. And now it's weird for it to not be there. 
I always felt as though when E3 came around, it was like I'm getting a, a rush of updated news. Mm-hmm. And then all throughout the year, it trickled in new information about the stuff that I heard about at E3. It was it was fo- the rest of the year was follow ups to the delays and the shit that they didn't get. They, they, they're not following through from E3. Yeah, it's like, hey, yeah. We're going to do A, B and C. And later on, it's like we have to cut C out. And the next year, it's like, all right, now we're doing D, E, F. And it's like, okay, we have to dial back E a little bit. And that you find that out later on in the year. That's that's how I always saw it. What's interesting about this is, so E3 kind of, in terms of its coverage, went from being on television with the G4, and they would be live for days on end, and they would obviously stream to, like, you know, satellite and cable. They would stream um, the conferences, and then they would also stream, after that, they would be on their own little stage, their own little booth, and they'd have the different game developers up there and stuff like that. G4, of course, died and, you know, people don't watch that stuff on TV anymore. And so bigger um, websites took it over. Something like IGN used to do the pretty well the exact same thing. Pre-show, post-show, they'd have people on their little stage type thing at their own little booth and they'd, they'd have conversations with them. And that's that kind of got taken over. But what's interesting about this is that CES used to be about the same where I don't know if it was how much it was broadcasted on TV. I never saw it on TV myself, but they used to have like mobile nations for one uh tech crunch and and whatnot they would all be at ces and then that's like at least in terms of the influencers i follow it slowly converted to these influencers were going to be going to uh ces and like they'd go to certain booths and as they were going booth to booth they would like film in that booth really quick get a quick demo do this and that and even that's fallen off and so i don't i don't hear like i forget about ces each year like last two years i forget about it they still bring it up and like, you know, the cutting edge tech or the companies that are startups that are trying to get their product seen, they still go to see. Yes. Um, so it sounds like the physical event is live and well, but it's interesting to see that, like, maybe it's just about long form coverage. Like people just do not want long form coverage at any capacity. I, that could be it. I mean, like, I also forget about CES. Like E3 is the only one that I I made a point to, I'm like, oh yeah, it's the E3 season. But the other ones, I always forget that they're like, I always get the news after the fact. It's usually, you know, a message from Ryan saying like, oh, this is announced or, and then I'm just kind of reading up on it later. So um, the only other thing now yearly that I remember coming up is uh, the video game, uh, the reward, sh- the, the award yeah, show. The game awards. The game, the game awards. awards. Yeah. Thank you. So now that seems to be the biggest thing where they're announcing new new stuff while technically giving away awards when we, you know and letting poor Al Pacino stand up on stage for 25 minutes. But, oh man, that was a long speech. Mhm. Um remember there was there was a it was at least one year. I don't know if it was multiple in a row. But E3 was such a big deal. But I think I I don't remember the company. It was either Nintendo or PlayStation or Konami, one of those three, where they didn't want to attend E3, but they also didn't because they have first right of refusal for booths based on their previous year. So if they showed up, they get to pick their spot for next year on the show floor. And I remember it was such a big deal where they said, hey, we can't come this year for whatever reason. We don't feel comfortable with the lineup. But they still paid for the space 
and they just put up like an empty like i i I really want to know whether it was konami or playstation but they literally just put up their banner and it was just an empty spot but they put it there like it was like a flag saying hey we'll be fucking back like we'll we'll be back next year back don't forget about this and i I thought that like holy crap like for them to say we can't be here but we're coming back to 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 this spot and now it's nah we're just gonna we're gonna bail we're gonna we're gonna take off early from this party everyone else can stick around but we're gonna we're gonna head home it's just how fast this has just kind of declined it's um it's pretty wild well another thing to be said too is like it kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like you know there, there's there's the argument about long form content versus short form content but there's also the argument that hey uh you know these these games are hard to make and we don't want to rush like we don't want to rush them to be done for a certain date we don't want to rush trailers out and gameplay trailers and you know all the rest of it uh for certain dates and so we're going to have our own events but then you raise a good point the game awards seems to get tons of stuff that's on a certain day that's on you know one night one one show and it gets tons of reveals the xbox series x was revealed there yeah and i think i think one of the with e3 it it made a name for itself early on because you know and i didn't watch e3 prior to 2005 i remember 2005 was the first year i really started tuning in uh it was when it was i remember them announcing the wii that was the year when i started really watching it and I was amazed that they compared the Wii to the size of three DVD cases stacked on top of each other. Like that's the size <laughs> of the Wii. If, if you ever want to know how big the Wii was, take find three DVD cases and stack them on top of each other. That was the size of the Wii. Oh my god, that was that was their marketing push. Um, but uh, there was back then, you know, when when online media distribution wasn't as robust and it wasn't quite up to snuff it is today. You relied on broadcast channels to to show you what was happening in video games, mm-hmm. or even even at certain points, like, hey, we want footage of this GameCube, but we don't have a way to properly capture it, so we're going to fucking shoulder cam over this person playing it, and we're gonna we're gonna screen record this garbage tube TV playing this you know this this version of Mario Kart because this is the way we can do it. So it was a necessity to kind of get out to the masses. But with the Game Awards, it feels like Mr. Keeley, it feels like he spends the year going out and meeting and kind of courting these developers and courting these people. And he does a lot doing a lot of like boots on the ground visits to these developers to say, hey, bring your stuff to the show. I have this reach. We have this coverage on these platforms, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just about showcasing stuff. We have awards but we want to be able to give you the opportunity to do it. So I feel like the difference is, is that at a certain point, E3 stopped going after people and they were just let, they let people like PlayStation, Xbox and Nintendo come to them because they knew they were an avenue for mass distribution. But with the Game Awards, it feels like Keeley's going the other way around. He's going out and he's being the salesman and saying, come talk to me here. Like, I'm here. And... uh that feels like his approach. Well, what's interesting about the game awards as well. And it might be this approach that you're saying, like if, if Jeff Keighley is actually going and doing stuff, 
um, then it might make sense because like the game awards to me is almost a one-to-one compar- comparison or as close to a comparison you can get to like, so let's say the Oscars, obviously the Oscars is for movies and the Oscars has been losing like hemorrhaging viewers. They've been losing viewers you know, time and time again. Um, I just don't get like, obviously the Oscars are still, is still popular, but it's not like, everyone's watching it everyone's super excited for it everyone's kind of freaking out about it yeah it, but it but yet it seems like the game awards like just came out it doesn't have the grandfathered in viewership it doesn't have like you know the name of being the, of being around for you know god knows how many years like 90 years or something um it doesn't have that but yet it seems to be you know really like pumping up and i guess like i guess it's almost a question of like the the thing that makes the game awards the oscar like is the awards, but I don't think the awards can stand on their own. Like, I don't, I don't know if it would be as popular if it was just like, we're going to give away some trophies and we have like five reveals. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely, I completely agree. Um, Cause even, even the Oscars, as somebody who's worked in film and has, uh, likes to, to, you know, keep up to date with the latest noteworthy films. I admittedly don't even watch the Oscars. I tell myself every year, I'm like, maybe I should watch the Oscars. But then I think about it, it's just three and a half hours, if we're lucky. Holy, that's a long sometimes, show. Sometimes it creeps into four of just a lot of applause, a lot of standing, a lot of, you know, awkward rehearsed speeches. And it's like, I don't, I know, I just think I've decided what I'm going to watch based on the nominees. I don't need to see who wins. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't matter if, you know, um, everything, everywhere, all once wins or doesn't win. I'm going, I'm interested in watching that movie anyways. It's nomination is validation for not for me. So I don't, even the Oscars, I don't even watch. Um, but yeah, it, uh, well, uh, I guess after this, so after E3, what is the next major What's the next one? In the, I don't even know. What's the next one? In the I don't room? even know. Like the only one that just sort of like you, like the only one that I watch would be the game awards. Listener, if you know, send us an email at whatever at whatever.com to tell us what the next one is. Matt, well, I believe our- like like PAX happens at some point. There's also like another one that I can't remember. But like, I mean, just the fact that we can't name them is like is like kind of showing what the impact of that E3 used to have. And like the fact that it was gone for so long and I didn't realize it was gone for that long is an attestment to how much it's fallen, I think, as well. Because Personally, they, anyway. Because they legitimately canceled it, not last year, but the year before. Like, they cited COVID as the reason, right? Or what? So this was supposed to be the first physical show in four years. I believe there was, like, a digital one. And then, like, there... Oh, I, yeah. thought, I thought we had a physical one. Yeah? Because I, I I believe like we did watch one, but I believe it was virtual. Like like we watched one within that four years, but it was a digital one. It was like just the conferences and that type of thing. Because COVID happened like around March ish, and so like they would have had it. I would imagine largely planned. I can only imagine the project managers and people running around like trying to get E three up, and they're like, okay, 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 okay. 
it's okay. You know, we have Microsoft. Microsoft's like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to show oh, yeah. up. And it's like, okay, uh, well, we have a few, only a few months till, you know, June here. Okay, Ubisoft, we're going to give you a bigger booth. And then it's like, and I'm just making this up, but it's like, and then Ubisoft's like, yeah, but we're not going to show up for that. It's like, uh, okay, does anyone have any demos? And they just get nothing. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, I guess we're canceling this. So it'll be interesting to see if this thing, I guess, potentially comes back in some sort of different form. I wouldn't be surprised if it either completely dies or turns into some sort of like fan expo thing where it's just everything. Um, yeah. Everything from gaming chairs to comic books to t-shirts uh, is, is fan expo. And I think they've, I think that's just a good idea because if comic books die off one year, it's like, well, we still got movies. We still got yeah. the horror section. You know, we have all kinds of stuff. So, so I'm looking, I have a, a super convenient overview of the history of E3. And the first one was in E was in 1995, Los Angeles Convention Center. And the presenters were Nintendo, Sega, and Sony. Oh, man. And Sega. Then, yeah. And so you have pretty much those ones with uh, Microsoft then comes in in 2000. And from there on out, those are the big players. Well, Sega eventually drops off. But those are the three big players. And then it's not until 2010 you have... You know, EA and Konami and so and uh, Ubisoft come in and remember the 2010 Konami press conference. The end. I will never forget it. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> masterpiece. And then they start to build up. You got Bethesda coming in in 2015, and then you you got uh, like the 2021 was was supposed to be massive. So yeah, you're right. Uh, I also didn't realize. So two years in a row. They went to uh they went to Atlanta, Georgia instead because they couldn't secure the LA Convention Center. There was and then, one, and I think it was on G4, where they were like in an airplane hangar and they it, and they kept saying Santa they were like they're like, this is probably the end of E3 back then. Yeah. Santa Monica Airport, Santa Monica, California was 2007. Um, but 2007 was a fantastic year for gaming. That I, I 2007 was great. It's pretty historical. Yep. Yeah. We'll never have a year like that again. I remember shit coming out that year. I'm like, holy crap. People comparing this year to 2007, though. Mm, yeah. This new generation don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, okay. And then it went back to LA. And then, so in that entire stretch, it's it debuted at about 50,000 att- attendance. It creeped up to 70,000 just before Santa Monica Airport. Santa Monica was 10,000, and that was a scare saying that's almost died. The next year, it were, uh, the, the next year, it was only 5,000, but they made it back to LA. And now it's the, the, the lowest recorded attendance. And then next year, they started to climb up again. They're able to recover. They got 40,000, 45, 46, 45, 48. Bucks. That's a big recovery. Like, yeah, like 35,000 recovered. That's pretty yeah. good. And then when Bethesda kicked in, they went into the 50s. And then when Woo. Devolver Digital and Softworks kicked in and Intel, they, they got up to the 70s. And then 2000 was canceled. But the planned, these were the people that were supposed to be at the 2000 one. Microsoft, Nintendo, Ubi, Bethesda, Software, Sega, Capcom, Square Enix, Take-Two, Bandai Namco, Warner Bros., Digital Devolver. Sorry, Devolver Digital. Um, that was the intended one. Mm-hmm. 
that got canceled because of the pandemic. And then 2021 was the online one, which those which the same people listed above plus some others made it on. And then the 2022 one was canceled. Uh, they they probably secretly cheered, but they says here the pandemic. But they probably said, okay, we got a break because we can't survive. And now 2023 has been canceled. Um, I we might. We like, might I not, wonder. We might not expand this chart anymore. This might be the end of the chart. This might be the end of the chart. But I was going to say something is like I don't know whether you know there's enough money or care, but. It would be a hell of a time for someone to organize an indie game thing where you just have a bunch of indie games You and there's a ton of companies. They're not AAA, so I would assume, and I'm not a game dev, so I might be wrong in some of this, but um, I would assume there's like enough indie game studios and the games are oftentimes not always simple enough that they'd be able to prepare demos uh, and then just have, even if they don't, Put it online and it's not as big as a of a presence as obviously with microsoft and bethesda and playstation and you know the list goes on um that would be a great i would assume a great little bit of exposure for indie studios to show off their stuff and to show things like hey you know we have this game and even if it's games that are already out and then that would that might maybe maybe it's the time for indies indie studios to be like you know what let's like let's step up but that's just a I have no indication of that. That's just a pipe dream. <laughs> and I don't even know if I'd watch that myself. So um, I feel like I wouldn't watch that actually, mm-hmm. but I, I think it would be cool in person. Like it, it might, this thing might become, like I said, like a fan expo where like fan expo isn't being broadcast everywhere. It's, yeah. it, it's a thing you attend if you're close to it or you want to go to it. I think, I think if they start to maybe go into some transmedia and maybe expand outside of video games, um, yeah, but even then, I don't know. The, like the market's already cornered with the other ones. I don't know. E three, figure something out, or if not, Goodbye. let the trade tra- let the trademark lapse so we can buy it and we can start our own. We'll, we'll get it, we'll get it going <laughs> again. We'll, we'll buy E three and we'll start it in a garage and we'll see how it goes from there. That'd be the craziest. Like, guess even if you had like five hundred people and it's like this is the smallest E three ever. It's like it was in a garage. Like. Fifty fifty people would be a win. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh talking about something else that's uh, in trouble, I guess, or I mean something that's not good. Uh GameStop. So GameStop or otherwise known in Canada as EB Games. Now it is GameStop here. They've rebranded it. But um GameStop blames its lower sales on lack of games. This comes to us from Kotaku. So uh GameStop's first or excuse me, GameStop's full year uh, financial report for 2022 shows that sales were down by 1.4% compared to 2021, despite making a profit. So there was a profit in 2022. Uh, GameStop believes that there aren't as many good games right now and that there's a growing trend toward platform exclusivity. The report highlights, quote, fewer significant title launches in fiscal 2022, end quote, as a driving factor in lower sales, um, as well as other economic factors such as the value of the American dollar. 
GameStop's issue with slower release schedules and publisher acquisition is called out directly in its assessment of global sales, which have generally decreased across the board. The report adds that frequent acquisitions in the console space could also play a role on also uh, play a role on sales. Uh, GameStop is concerned over this over the slower release schedules and limited allocations of hardware platforms for software titles, which could result in reduced sales. And some publishers that have historically published some uh, published compatible games compatible with multiple gaming platforms have recently been acquired by console manufacturers, which could lead to a further reduction in the number of new software titles available for the sale for sale in the future. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with this assessment, but I do think that GameStop needs to evolve more because I still think they're holding on to something that's going to die. I don't know, but what, what do you think? Like, I, I, I think that like retail gaming stores the way that they have been and are currently is not a growing space that's my opinion though i completely agree and it's not even just retail gaming i think it's a lot of retail just not just other things um it's because i went into best buy for the first time in like 10 years, uh, like a week or two ago, uh, to buy to buy Metal Gear, not Metal Gear, uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. Okay. And I'm walking down the video game aisle, and those shelves are just fucking bare. Oh, like, man. There's nothing there. It's just like one little loose case here, one little loose case there. And it's not like the EB days where you walk in and just wall to wall and they turn sideways like a book because they had so many copies. And I'm like, where the hell's Metroid? So I walk up to, they're like, oh yeah, we keep it in the back. Okay. Like we have all these other games out. We can't have Metroid out. But anyways, I go, all right, I'd like to have a Metroid, please. And they go to the back and they come out. They're like, we don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, okay. I'm ordering online. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, so because I I would do digital, but the but the only reason because I you know me I like to also have a physical game if I like the box like all my Grand Turismo's are physical, but if it was for Nintendo Switch I would have done a digital because it's a portable console and you and to have things digital there makes sense, and the only reason why I'm not doing digital for Metroid is because my brother is going to physically buy tears of the kingdom. I bought Metroid physical. And when we're done with those games, we're just going to swap out instead right. of, because we both want, we both want to play both games. So I said, I cover Metroid. He's going to cover Zelda. Um, So it's like, I can't even go. <laughs> it's like, okay, you don't have one. And I, and I don't want to do a code. So let me go on the best buy website and just order one. It's like not available online and not available in stores. It's like, okay, you're you're getting them, but the system won't even let me order it online. It, it needs a physical copy in store somewhere in order for me just to order it online. Because when I order online, it gets pulling from the store. It's not pulling from the warehouse. That's how that works. Right, right. And I walked out of there and I was just completely like, like I, I just want a copy of, of, of Metroid and I'm trying to find one at Walmart. I'm trying to find one on EB. I'm trying to uh, 
I'm trying to, you know, if I want to stay, I, I search stables for God's sake. So I'm like, well, let's see if stables has it. Oh my God. Yeah. Crazy. Right. I couldn't find one. And I walked out of there. I'm like, okay, this is, this is frustrating. This is, this is why people are avoiding this because I took time out of my day to come to a physical brick and mortar store because I was assuming that I'd walk out there with a physical game that I could play that day. And I couldn't, they just, just not there. So, which is like understandable, but it like, it's extremely frustrating, right? Because we have another solution. It's, Oh no, Amazon is out of stock. I'll just wait. I don't know. I didn't waste gas. So, so one of, one of my, one of my biggest, one of my biggest, because I've worked in retail for almost 16 years. And when something was not available, I made a point to do everything in my power to make it as convenient for that person to get it so they don't have to come back for it or they don't have to waste time coming back for it. So if, if they wanted something, I don't have it, and I can, I can see it in the system, it's like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you your, your reserve slip. I'm going to do this for you. I know one's coming in. I'm within the limit. I'm going to give you the slip. You don't have to worry about it. When this comes in, it's yours. It's going to sit in the back with your name on it. You come in when you're ready. You pay for it. It's yours. Yeah, Done. yeah, yeah. So they don't have to go, well, we're looking for another one. They don't have to worry about calling places. They don't have to worry about me following up. And they have one secure. Like, and, and we've locked in a sale. We're going to get their money eventually. And with Best Buy, and EB is going to be similar because they, they all follow the same model now. It's, hey, we're getting them in. You just have to try again on this day. It's like, okay, but I'll give you money. Like, I'll give you, I'll, you can charge me money right now. I'll pay mm-hmm. for it. And then when it comes in, I will then physically come back in and get it. Like, I'll make another trip, but I want to know that I'm going to get it. For you to say... You just have to come back on Thursday and hope you get one. It's like you're you're causing the 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 terrible. See, I don't want to say terrible customer service because it's it's Best Buy's policy. It's not the it's not the customer like it's not the rep's fault. But your that system is what's causing the frustration and the drive to make it convenient through either an online ordering system or just a digital purchase. Mm-hmm. Like I. You put this thing behind a door in which I can't see. I had to ask the person at the front where it is. They pointed me to you. You have confirmed for me that you don't have any. You can confirm for me that you will get some. And you refuse to make somebody, you refuse to make a customer satisfied by locking one down, even with a prepayment. There's like, there's nothing that I was willing to, to, to accommodate and do whatever I like had to, to get that. But they said no. You have right, to right. you have to go away, and you have to come back on Thursday and hope for it. It's like, oh, like I can't imagine ever doing this to a customer when I worked in retail. Like this is it was, it's it's very disappointing, and it's 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 uh. So with with EB, I assume it's going to be similar uh, with their with their model and. Honestly, if you want people to come in and shop, you have to make it as convenient as possible. Well, the thing, the thing too, with, with retail was, uh, so when the Xbox series X, for example, uh, came out for pre-orders, 
I called around because I actually do like at the time it was still EB games. So I actually like EB games like it's like kind of nostalgic for me and I don't buy my games there, but I will buy my consoles there if I can like to try to support them. Sometimes I don't PS5. I could only get a pre-order from Best Buy, but I'll try to go to EB games. And I remember Ryan and I like planned a little route and we we're like, OK, like this one's open at this time. This one's open at this time. And we called them to confirm their opening hours and stuff like that. And like one of them was in the mall. So it's like, oh, hey, you know, when do you open? And like, you know, I assume there's going to be a lineup. Like, are we allowed to line up? Because it was also COVID. So it's like, are we allowed to gather? And they, you know, tell us the rules and tell us the times because the Xbox was something like you could only prioritize at midday or something like they had Microsoft had like a like a mandated time. So it's like, okay, you know, fair enough. Like, just give me the rules. They won't tell you how many they're getting. They won't tell you if you will get it. They won't tell you those type of things, of course. But I couldn't get a hold of the one EB games. It's the one EB games I've gone to for years. And I go down there and like they, it, it's it, like, they haven't even opened yet. And they just have like a huge like sign on the door that just says like, we don't have any pre-orders. And I was like, yeah. not like, like, how is that possible? Like, cl- like clearly your staff took them. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah. I opened the door and I just like, literally, I just like opened the door and I literally just yelled in there. I'm like, is this sign legit? They're like, yeah, we don't got any bud. And I was like, well, uh, yeah. all right. And I've never gone back there again. And I went to like another one and then we got it there. But it's just like, I, I like it is an inconvenient thing. It's like the PS5 thing. It's like, yeah, like I, I, I did spend a bunch of time scouring websites to try to get the, the pre-order because I wasn't able to find one physically somewhere. But like, so it's still like an inconvenient thing because obviously scalpers are, you know, just a lot of demand as well. But it's like when it's like you're saying, like when it's so inconvenient, you know what I mean? It's like clearly, at least as far as I know, unless unless not all stores got some, I would assume the staff at this particular location got them. Like, like took the pre-orders and like, I don't know if that's against company policy or whatever. I'm not trying to like hold it against anybody. But from a customer's perspective, I'm like, man. Like, I don't want to drive around all day looking for something to like, and then like panic the whole day. It's like, holy crap. Or if you call and like, you're, you know, uh, like, like, let's say in your case, it's like the Best Buy across the city has one and they won't hold it. And mm. it's like, well, I guess I'm driving across the city. It is just like, man, like this is a lot of time, which sometimes it takes a lot of time to shop online, but it's a lot of time. It's gas. You're running around and it's like this, like, this is wild. Like what a what a crazy, like crazy system that we have, you know, for ourselves. And it just like, it makes me seriously question, you know, the next time I want to pre-order a console, it's like, do I go in? I think I still will for the nostalgia sake and stuff. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to like say I have a grudge against that one EB games or anything, but it's just like, that really sucks that you couldn't call in. You know what I mean? I wish, uh, I wish Tim was on the show tonight. He could comment to his to his EB to his EB game days. Oh, because he worked in EB, right? Yeah, he worked at EB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I will play devil's advocate slightly with that. The, the, there is, I there is a small difference between a system and a game because the the their biggest because even with a even with a retail. Because a game, the, the thing though with EB and Best Buy versus the game sales is it's not only a a battle against an online marketplace like Amazon that was shipped to your home, it's also a battle against all digital distribution. They have they're fighting it on two fronts. Right, right. Because even let's say games weren't digital. Let's say you still have to physically buy a disc or physically buy a cartridge, 
Best Buy and EB would have to still be fighting Amazon off on that front, but they would probably have a little bit more footing in the market because you still have to, you people would want it. They have to go to the store. They have to physically get a copy. Mm-hmm. So with games and their digital conversion, it's slightly different from a console because the console, you can't digitally purchase a console. You have to physically get a console. Oh, I see. That's a good your, point. Yeah, your, your purchase method is still online or retail. So you're already kind of taking out one distribution option and you're kind of inflating the other two. Um, because consoles, unfortunately, will... They'll probably need they'll probably need brick and mortar stores for a while. The day where you're exclusively ordering a console for launch and it's exclusively shipping to you, I don't see that happening for a while. Because like even let's say Best Buy shuts down and EB shuts down and we don't have like you would probably just have to go to a Walmart or you would have to go. A That's Canadian, a good point. Yeah, you'd you end up to, going someplace. Yeah, yeah, or Canadian Tire would probably adopt that. The, that market and 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 how's that like online pickup orders like the smart center online yeah. pickup orders uh future shop before it died uh future shop is, was yeah. the canadian best buy for anyone who doesn't know uh and then best buy purchased them and then closed them down uh because, but, but like they used to have an online area in their mm-hmm. last renovation i don't know if you remember that yeah because with with a game with a game um because even with a game uh going digital it wasn't a perfect system at first because they're like, Hey, the game's coming out this day. It's like, okay, but you're not releasing the file to me to that day. And I have shitty internet. So it's going to take me a day to download. All right. And <laughs> yeah. then, it's, and then it's going to be a day to patch. So I actually don't get to play the game until two days later. And for a lot of hardcore gamers, they don't like that. So the solution was, okay, we get, we let you preload it and then we'll just unlock it the day up. It's like, all right, figure that out with consoles. I'm not too sure how the shipping works, but if you're again, even if you're getting your hands on one through an online retailer on the day up because you can't pre-order, mm-hmm. how long is it going to take you to get that console? A day if you're lucky. Right, right. Two. So if that doesn't work for people who want to play a new console on day one. On day so one. Like Ryan, like me. Like you and the Ryan Johnsons of the world. So physically going somewhere to get a console, I think it's still going to be a thing for a while. Um you can still order online, so they'll have it shipped. But I think you, I think, I think brick and mortar stores kind of securing physical presences for consoles are is going to be a a thing. Well, Best Buy here, like I, I got my PS5 through Best Buy and uh, Best Buy Canada, and they've been killing it. They've been shipping it day before, and I get it that day, mm-hmm. yeah. like the actual quote unquote launch day. Yeah. But you do you do raise a good point in that, like obviously EB Games slash GameStop, they sell online so it's entirely possible that like the store that we went to just didn't get literally didn't receive any because like the warehouse needed some i'm, I'm assuming like i'm assuming maybe the staff got or, or maybe yeah. this warehouse thing i have no insider information to be clear I, but i am really curious to know how because it seems like i can always order i've noticed the 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 few times now that i've been ordering um off best buy is i can always order it online when there happens to be a store in the area that has it in stock. If a store doesn't have it in stock, I can't order online. That's interesting. Okay. So I, I'm assuming I could be wrong that when you're, you're not, when we're doing an online order now, it's not pulling it because it's not pulling it from the warehouse. It's just pulling it from a local store. 
right okay. and a local store sending it out which is very believable because that's how Canadian Tire adopted it when Canadian Tire went into an online system you're not and you bought orders from Canadian Tire you're not ordering it there's a few things you're ordering from the warehouse and a few things you're ordering from corporate but you're actually ordering it from a store online and the store physically takes it and we actually package it back up as as crazy as this is because it doesn't make any sense instead of having the warehouse where it's already packaged and having somebody to ship it out from there if you want a coffee maker you have to find a, a Canadian tire store that has it in stock because then when you order it I then now have to go to the shelf pull it and if you want to do all, uh, in-store pickup as a simpler process but if you want to if you want to ship the home guess what I'm now repackaging it and dedicated Canadian tire packaging and shipping it out so it's like you're creating an extra step instead of having it housed at the warehouse where, oh. where I'm ordering it from. You're making the person buy it from me and then repackaging it out. It's insanity. Insanity, I say. This stuff, like, I can only assume, like, I can only imagine, like, the logistics of retail. <laughs> like, it's probably the absolutely chaos. The logistics of anything it's amazing that we as a society actually like operate that we're all banking on everyone else around us to do what they're supposed to at the time that's supposed to to make things happen well the other thing too like i don't know if you remember this but if you if you went into uh an eb games back in the day and you wanted a game that came out that day and it was a very popular game they would just have it or they'd be like yes we have cod like yeah okay yeah yes we have it for 360 you know what i mean like they're just so like holy crap like and they clearly oh like God, logistically a, got like yeah. you know 150 copies or whatever and yeah. everyone was there trying to get it you know they're, they're they're moaning and groaning because like oh my god it's a launch day i have to interact with way more people and i have to i have to be transacting this whole thing all like it used it used to be like an, at a, a an actual process like hey guys big sale for today we're going to add another person here. And this person is going to be a runner to the back because they're going to be asking for Animal Crossing all day. But we also have this promotion. Oh, there were runners. I remember those. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> oh, my God. You had dedicated people because you had that many people coming in for the game. And now it's, hey, we have a fucking customer. I need to make a sale. Otherwise, Corp is going to jump down my throat for not making a sale. So, I remember actually one time at an EB Games, it was a boxing day. And they never, they only did this promotion once, but it was something like if you buy five games, you get 10% off. You buy like 15 games, it's like, you know, 15% off. If you buy this, and it was a compounding thing. And I remember I asked the guy behind the counter, I was like, does this continually compound? And he's like, yeah. So I was like, okay. So I had like five or six games that I was kind of interested in. And I, and these were like the secondhand games, like used games. And I, grab those and i did the math and i was like okay if i pick up like let's just say i had five games if i pick up 25 more games these games go down to 295 and all those other games are like a dollar so i literally picked out like a fucking huge stack of games and my i was with somebody and like i was with a friend and he came out and he did the same thing he's like oh i wanted like four or five games so he like does the compound and the manager, because I like knew the manager at this particular EB game. So I used to go to a lot of EB games back in the day. I, this manager pulled me aside. He's like, we'll honor this. But he's like, please don't do this again. Because I completely <laughs> destroyed their their boxing day. Like they, they were like, okay, the runners got to go over here and grab all these all these used games. And they're in random sleeves. And we got to like make sure the cases are there. And it was like chaos. And I paid like $40 for like 15 or 20 games. Just because I was like, well, this is literally cheaper. Why wouldn't I do this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I, I remember there was a period of time with EB Games where they they their new games were still open and they were still sleeved in the back. So it was a new game, but they opened them all. Oh, and yeah, they that's right. That's right. It, it's like hey, I want a new game. It's like okay, and they take a new thing and they like put it in. It's like it's like why don't you have sealed co- like. I don't want I want to be the first person to touch my disc. I don't want somebody else touching my disc. I want to put my own fingerprints on it. So, um uh, yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't mind cracking the seal on my cod or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I will, I want to break that plastic. Uh speaking of so speaking of, <laughs> I have a hilarious story. All right, I don't know. Are you shot for how long does this are you shot for time? Or no? Nope. Yeah, okay. go ahead. I don't I don't know if uh, Ryan was still coming over for your your weekly movie afterwards. Nope. Um, so, so like trying to make a sale <laughs> and it was funny, then frustrating. Now slightly funny again, might be frustrating on Monday. I'm, I, I'm waiting to get my new place. So I'm here, I'm, I'm here at, at, I'm living elsewhere and I come home and there's a bell sales rep do walking around the neighborhood and he has a list of Rogers customers and he's trying to, um, I probably shouldn't have said Bell and Rogers, but you know what? I don't care. Cause I'm, 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 I'm in the right on this one. So Bell and Rogers, they, he has Bell sales rep and he's, he has a list of the Rogers customers and he sees me pulling the driveway. So he runs on over. He's like, Hey, I want to make you a uh, deal. You know, you're, you're Rogers here, right? I go, yeah, I go, I'm not the homeowner. So I'm not going to like, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to change this on, uh, you're not going to convince me to change it. But I go, but let me hear your pitch because I'm about to take possession of a new place. And I know bells in that building. So if right. you can honor that deal and they can do it, I'll do it there. And he looked it up. He's like, Oh yeah. He's like that address. I can do it. He's like, all right, this is the deal. And he goes through this whole sales pitch. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a really good deal. And he goes, he goes, this is the deal for, for this is the price for a gig and a half down you know, gig up, uh, we'll give you a TV package and you get your home line for 90 bucks a month locked in for two years. And I go, okay. I go, what happens if I break it within the first year? They go, there's a $200 breaking fee. I go, okay. If I bail after, after one year and I bring in the second year, he goes, there's a $100 breaking fee. And he goes, uh, there's, there's other things I can throw in there too, like a gift card and an extra credit and blah, 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 blah. blah. I go, I'm like, all right. Like, I want a little bit more detail, but we can we can find we I can you know maybe I'll do that. It was great. He goes. So the process is is I will jump on a call because he's a he's a contractor sales rep for Bell. He's not doesn't work for Bell proper, so he has to pass it off to another customer service people. But right. he but he clearly wants to sale. He wants the commission. So he goes. I'm going to get on a call. And then I'll loop in the sales rep and then he'll take you through the sale. I go, great. So later that night, he calls me and the sales rep in which I was dealing with is on the line. And then the bell rep comes in and he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, we're going to go through this. I'm going to send you some links. And then you just have to confirm some, some, you know, bell policy, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, the way we do this is we don't bother to give you a physical PDF anymore. This is just a recorded conversation. And we just do an over the phone consent to sign up for this package. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'd like to review something, but all right. I'm like, if you're going to real these terms of service, go for it. 
And he starts going through. He's like, you, the unit is blah, 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 blah. And you want this blah, 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 blah. And he's going through it. And then he, then he says something that I catch super quickly. He goes, um, you know, Bell has a right to raise the price on you at any point within a 30 day notice. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. And because, because he finished it and he went into like the crave note. He's like, hey, you also got to crave for this. And then we're going to renew it at blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to cancel crave after six months. And then you got to, I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, whoa, rewind, go back, redo that last part again. And he goes through it. I go, what do you mean you can raise the price on me? He goes, Bell, Bell with notice can raise the price on you at any point in this two-year thing. And I go, your sales rep said it was locked in. And sales rep is, is a three-person call, so he's still on the line. And he goes, yeah, no. He goes, like this, the the it's like a like a government mandated CRTC price range. Oh, like, oh, here we go. I go, I go. So then I I put him on hold. I go back to the air guy. I ask. I go. I go. Um, it, are you talking about can Bell do a Bell commission price hike if they so choose within these two years? He goes, yes. With a thirty day notice, we can raise your price. I go, oh, okay. Uh, like, but he's saying he's saying that you guys won't, and he won't say. Because it's a recorded conversation, he won't oh go off God. his script. He's saying all he all he'll say is Bell can raise your price within thirty day notice for within the first two years. I go okay. Well, this doesn't this doesn't sound right. Like you're 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 you're. It's not this isn't a deal then because you're locking me into a contract. If I sign up for two years within thirty days, you could say we're going to raise your price, and now you're telling me that I have to pay this for two years. So that, that's the wildest part. That's yeah. the wildest part easily. Yeah. And and it's it's and the the person, the customer service rep, legitimately from Bell, is not going to call the sales rep out on it. But clearly the sales rep just wants a sale and he's willing to say whatever he needs to. And he's trying to convince me. He's like, no, he's like, trust me. He goes, if they do raise it, it would be like a raise of like a dollar or two. It's not going to be like a substantial one. I go, no, I'm like, that's uh, I I pivoted back to the guy. I go, well, what can they, is there a limit? He goes, and all he'll say is, Bell can raise the price on, on you at any point with a 30 day notice and he won't go off script. And he's just, he's countering the other guy. I go, you know what? Can you send me a copy of the bell sale poll? Like I want everything that you're about to read me over the phone. I want to fit. I want to see it in a PDF. Like I want to see it in front of me. And then the customer service guy, because he only ever wants to do this over the phone. He, he refers back to the sales rep. He's like, Hey, deal with this. He goes, you, because he wants to do his job. He wants, he wants to come to the call, lock it in, get my money and then be gone. He doesn't want time being wasted. Right, so he right, goes right. back to the other guy. He's like, Hey, like, lock, what are you doing? Like you called me because this, you said this guy was going to be interested and now I'm giving pushback. And he goes, yeah, he goes, look, 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 look. He's like, yeah, you know, we'll give you the terms of sales. Like we do this and then we do it. I go, no, no, you want me to, to sign up for it. And then you want to give me the terms of sales. I go, I want to see those terms of sale. Afterwards, he goes, but the process is we do it and then you get it. I go, no, I go, that's, that's kind of crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I go, if I, if I was a employee or sorry, if I was a customer and I went to customer service, I said, give me a copy of the terms of sales in which I'm, I'm paying for you guys would give it to me. Right. They go. Yeah. I go, great. I want that to review before I do this. Like, give me a link to something I can look at. And they refuse to. And he goes, okay, okay. I'll send you something. <laughs> And I kid you not, Matt, I can forge you this fucking email. <laughs> I can forge you this fucking email. 
I oh, might, no. I might actually, I might actually do this. Is this I want to, I want to, um, uh, <laughs> I get this email from the sales rep. Um, great. My phone locked up <laughs> right uh, away too. Um, I get this email from the sales rep. Uh, and it's just him typing out what we talked about in person without any sort of like legitimate uh, approval or any sort of um, uh, let me see if I can find it. It was, I was, I was laughing and I was frustrated at the same time uh, this week. I can't uh, like, I can't believe that. I can't believe that they're allowed to lock you into a deal, but then they're able to change the deal, but then you can't change the deal. Like you're just, it's like, once you get locked in, I'm basically saying I'm at your pricing mercy. Yeah. For, for two years. Like what? Yeah. So he sends me, he sends me this, um, this email and it's just him pretty much in his, there we go. I found it. Okay. He, <laughs> I'm going to screen cap this and I'm going to, cause I don't want to actually forward you the actual email, but I'll be sending uh, this guy emails. <laughs> oh yeah. You come up as my phone fo- in my phone as my little Warhammer. You don't come up as Matt Lawrence. What? Yeah. So that, that is the, that is the email in which, he sent me. I sent it to your WhatsApp. Yeah, I see it. This is the guy's actual. Oh my lord! Yeah, this is all he sent me. He sent me a thing saying, "This is blank from Bell Canada employee ID blank. Today you are getting internet 1.5 gigabytes plus TV starter package and home phone for ninety dollars per month with credit of fifty five for two years with free install and one hundred fifty dollar gift card. Regards, sent it from my iPhone, and it is sent." From the sketchiest looking email in the world. This was oh, no. this is this was his email. Like I don't even want to call it a personal email. This looks this looks like a phishing email. Like this this looks like something you would see at the bottom of a um at the bottom of a fake bell email. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna say what it is, but yeah, yeah. I, because it's bonkers, right? So I go, I go, <laughs> I, I laughed over the phone. I go, "What the hell is this?" He goes, "This is this is me telling you what you're getting." I go, "This doesn't mean anything. This is your email spitting <laughs> words out. There's no this, there's no Bell terms of service or any sort of Bell stamp or customer approval thing on this. This is you just saying something in an email. I go, show me what I'm getting and tell me what I'm getting, what I, what my price is locked in for, for two years. And then he sends me another screen cap of like the lowest quality JPEG of his like reference page of like his, oh. his bell documents. I go, I go, okay, I'm done with this. I go, I'm not, I'm not entertaining this anymore. I go, I go, listen, I go, if you really want this this badly, I will call Bell and I will call Rogers because those are my two options in my new condo building when I get there. And I will see what you guys can offer me over the phone without a contract. Because as soon as you guys raise a price on me, I'm going to then just, I'm going to retention my way out of there 
and go somewhere else. So, so he, he, I hang up that call. A couple. Oh no! <laughs> a couple hours later, I get a text message from this guy. Um, and he's like reiterating. He's like, "Hey, he's like, you know, like this is the package. This is the deal." You're getting it locked in, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't even respond. I just ignored it. I go, I'm going to ignore this. If you message me again, I'm going to start blocking. And then, so a couple of days go by. Earlier tonight, maybe three hours ago, I get another text message from him saying, hey, he's like, you know, I I really think this is a good deal. And, Bob, and you know, you know, I think you should reconsider. Um, uh, and I ignore it. Then, maybe like 40 minutes later, I get a at the door. Oh, no. This fucker came back. And he opens it up. I open the door and he opens up with his like his intro speech, the exact same word for word thing that he he opened up with the other day on Monday. And I go, I go, I go, I know you like we we. We've already done this. I go, what do you want? I, we're, I, we're texting now. Like, yeah, like, we're at that like, stage yes. in our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you have my personal number and you've been texting. Me. All right. I go, what the hell do you want? He goes, yeah. He goes, like, I, I want to offer you that deal, blah, 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 blah. I, yeah. I'm like, I want that deal too. But your, your customer service guy is telling me something different. You guys aren't having the same deal. You're, you're saying one thing. He's saying another. I go, I go, yeah, he's like, he's like, but, but he's like, there's a, there's the price hike would be like a government mandated one. I go, that's not what I asked him. I go, I asked him specifically, I go, a bell commissioned price hike. Can they do it? And he goes, yes, bell can raise my price at any point with 30 days notice. And he's like, uh, uh, he's like beating around the bush. I go, and I go, tell you what, I go, I'm not going to give you my information again. You clearly have my number. I go. I will give you one more chance. I go, not, <laughs> not tonight and not this weekend. Monday evening, you call me again. You get me on the phone with Bell again. And I'm going to go through the same rigmarole. I'm going to ask the same questions. And and I'm going to see what they say. And if 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 you if they legitimately say that, no, it is locked in, I will go through with it. Because that is a good deal. And I would like that. But I know what's going to happen. So I go, don't, don't message me any, uh, this weekend at all. You call me Monday evening. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he, goes, he goes, okay, okay. I go, I go, and you better have my information because I'm not going to give it to you again. If you lose it, that's it. So that was my, uh, that was my, <laughs> it was such a, <laughs> uh, it's been, it's, it's funny now. It'll be annoying on Monday. That'll be funny. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> Hope you enjoy that Monday <laughs> evening co- chat with a your per- a personal texting chat with a, with a yeah. sales rep. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like I Holy have this guy's crap. number now in my, in yeah, my phone. That's what book. I mean. <laughs> like, what do you have like a like a personal chat with this with this with a sales rep? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. All right, we got oh. a query, we got a query corner. What we're doing? What are we doing? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We got one one last quick story, and then we have a query corner. <laughs> uh, the last story we got Sorry, here. Matt, before we continue, how long was the podcast last week? It was two and a half. I want to say two twenty. I bet Ryan was cringing at that. Uh, he probably did. I'm gonna estimate he didn't look. We should ask him. 
Yeah, I think we need to beat it this week. (laughs) (laughs) Just do a nice nice three hour. Man, I do listen to a gaming podcast that I want to say hit four hours the other day. Oh, yeah. No, I I, I used to have, I cut those two podcasts out and I replaced it with one two hour podcast, but I used to listen to two, two, um, two podcasts equaling five out five hours a week. There was a pod, there's a video game podcast, and then they had a spin off podcast with different like East Coast crew. And theirs was two hours a week, and that was that was just that show that week. And then I had a million other podcasts I listened to. Oh my god, I, I told Ryan that I took in five hours of video game podcasts a week from 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 one company, and he was just like, That's insane. If you work in a situation or like commute slash drive in a situation at which you like it, it would take five hours up, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, like if, you know, if you work in a, in, a, in a position where you don't need to be, or like you, you can be listening to music slash podcast, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, and but I also have a shit ton of other. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts, but uh, it was also that particular one. It was it was not only the content, but it was the personalities. Like they they could have been talking about post notes, but it's just those people that I like listening to. Not not even. I'm gonna guess it was Giant Bomb. That a boy, and then the spinoff. Uh, uh, Giant Bomb with the podcast was Bombcast, and then the spinoff was called Beastcast. Okay, uh, yeah. you sent me one to listen to. Yeah, I believe it was about Fallout seventy six. Unless Beast- I was playing Fallout seventy six when I was listening to it. Maybe. Yeah, Be- Beastcast was probably one of my favorite podcasts. Of it was such a awesome. It was good. Crew. I listened it to the whole thing. So fucking funny. I loved it. And I was really sad when they ended it. So, but because I remember you sent different to me for a particular story and I listened to it like that story and then I was like ah fuck I'll just listen to this episode <laughs> went back to the beginning and listened to the whole thing again yeah so most of those people most of those people have rolled into a new one called Nextlander um and it's not quite the same like it's 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 pretty much it's almost there but there's one personality that didn't come over that I really wish he had and and uh yeah, so let's make this a three-hour podcast. All right, what's your, oh, what's, well, your yeah. career, what's your query corner? Well, we have one last story, actually, I oh, want to talk sorry. about, which is uh, uh, come from Game Rant. Uh, right. The Naughty Dog acknowledges player concerns amid disastrous Last of a, The Last of Us PC launch. Uh, the Last of Us was released on PC this week to a largely negative reception. The game has been review-bombed on Steam and received a mostly negative review score with thousands of players reporting that the long, long-awaited port has a range of issues, uh, such as frame rate stuttering, crashes and overall poor performance, even with robust hardware. Developer Naughty Dog has acknowledged the issues that many uh, players are experiencing and has committed to address them in upcoming patches. Uh, The reason I want to bring this up is because this is an interesting sort of stain on The Last of Us, which, I mean, has been controversial in the past, but has been critically received very well, as far as I know. Um, This is a weird fumble for Sony. I understand it is a it's going to PC and I believe I want to be, I want to say that like horizon zero dawn was criticized for its PC port, but I can't remember whether that it, was it, like, like critically it, criticized or whether it was like it someone was. told me it was bad. Yeah, it was. That was the one I was going to compare to is the, the, the first first PlayStation game that came out on steam, the horizon was not, it was in the same boat. It was just, um, you know, had performance issues and frame rate and, and um, I don't even think it had super widescreen support. I think they had to bring that in later. But uh, oh, but the thing is, with this, with this though, it's 
Last of Us. Okay, it had a mostly negative review score. Like, like it, it says here that it was review bombed, which I don't condone. But like, if you know, yeah. I'm fine with you giving it a negative review if you're having problems. If there's a serious problem, which it sounds like there are some people having serious problems, then sure, of course, you know, give it a negative review. And if that if that amounts to a negative or mostly negative review score, then that's what it amounts to. Um, but like, I did hear about performance problems uh, via another article that was in my feed uh, a few days ago, and it's just like it's crazy to me that this is happening on PC so frequently. And like, uh, like we, like you just built a new PC. Um, Ryan has recently over the last few years gotten into PC building and my PC, I built it to last for 10 to 12 years. It's at 11 years and it's struggling now. So I'm thinking about building a new one, but it's stories like this that make me not want to do it. Cause it's like, man, I'm going to build a new PC, spend all this money. I want good performance. Uh, I want it to look good, and then it's gonna run like shit. Well, you but, know? but to be fair, it it's not it's not your PC's fault as running like shit. It's just poorly optimized from the developers. Sure, but so, like that's not good though. Like it's, it's, it's not, not like it's I not, can fix that, you know. But exactly that that shouldn't deter you from building a PC that you want though. No, build it knowing that hey, yeah, there's a poor product that came out. They're going to do their job and they're going to fix it because. I would that, hope, yeah. That that PC port at its at its optimal state, when it is the best that it can be, will be amazing. Nobody wants to make a bad one. Nobody intends to make a bad PC port or make a bad game. It just, you know, for whatever reason happens. So I wouldn't put that as a deterrent for not building a PC. I, I would never, I would never put a I would never put the the fault of some company who didn't do a cute good QC uh quality control process the reason why I wouldn't build a PC or wouldn't go for something it's it's well, th- this is coupled with, I believe it was the Diablo, the Diablo four beta was bricking certain cards. I think it was like the 3080 or 3080 TI or something. It was bricking those cards. And it, it, like, to me, it's like, man, what, what's going on here? What's uh, and but what's the, what's the solution to that? How was that rectified? Well, it's, it is, it is the, like you mean for the people that had their cards like screwed? I actually don't know. I don't know how that works. Cause I hear, about that type of thing all the time in forums um so for example once uh there was a there's a bug um or or something going on with um elden ring or at least it was when i was playing it on pc where uh every time i had a big update my cutscenes would stop working so I, I could play the game for a while because not many cutscenes and all of a sudden i try to get to a cutscene and it would just load to a black screen i couldn't do anything at the alt f4 and then I'd have to re-verify the files and it would re-download the cutscenes. And this happened two or three times. So it was like a constant bug. Um, it might be fixed now, like I said. But the number one thing here is that I went like looking for a solution. And I went like fine. And I found one on Reddit. And one or two people in the comments, and they're just comments, so I didn't take them super seriously. But they said like, oh, like I'm having this trouble. It's this problem. It's this problem. No, it's anti-cheat. Like, you know, people are debating typical like kind of IT going back and forth as to what people think the problem is. And then one or two people said, oh, like I, you know, did some tests and it completely destroyed my GPU. My GPU has to be RMA. And I, and, and it's like, I always kind of took those type of comments. That's the most recent one I've had that like re- read other things like this in the past. I've always kind of taken those comments with a grain of salt being like, okay, like your card was probably on the way out. And a game crash just killed it type of thing. Like it's an unfortunate, you know, sort of thing that happened. But like if we're starting to get to the point where like games are semi-frequently bricking cards yeah, and then games aren't working well, it's like, 
man, I may as well build a budget PC and then just wait forever for these games to be optimized and then just play them when they're old. Uh so with the, I guess, I guess my main question is when something happens like that, and I'm going to ignore the beta because a beta is also just a beta. When you opt into it, you're 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 openly taking a unfinished um, version you're, of the you're, game. You're testing it. You're a beta you're, tester. You're you're testing it, and there is a risk to go with it. I'm sure that's covered in the terms of service when you agree to to download it. Though, I'm curious to know if an actual official release of the game. If they started breaking cards, I, I'm curious to know of the what is of the customer satisfaction and the customer relief part of it. How do they make it right? That's the part that I'm curious about. I honestly think, and I have not confirmed this. I haven't looked this up. I honestly think that you wouldn't be able to prove it. Like I don't think that Blizzard would just be like, "Yeah, sure." Like we'll we'll, we'll send you a new card or we'll send you the money. I don't think they would. This is again just my my own assumptions, but. I don't think they would because it'd be like, how do you prove it? How do you prove that your card wasn't abused on its last leg? You booted up Diablo and then Diablo killed it, but it wasn't because it didn't die because of Diablo. It was going to die one game in regardless because it was abused or because Mm -hmm. it was, you know, some sort of defect was in it. I think you're just SOL in that way. Maybe like it might be different if it's super widespread, like something like, you know, the Galaxy Note 7 blowing up. You know, it's like it's not like everyone was like every time I opened up Word, it just ex- you know it exploded. It, it, it's not tied to a specific app. It's like a clear, clearly like a specific manufacturer. But with PCs, you have such a specific or like such a non-specific configuration where you have RAM from one person, uh, you know, a cooler from another person, a CPU yeah. from someone else. It's just like it's like a smorgasbord. So it's just like well, like maybe it's the Ryzen, like maybe Ryzen did it, or maybe Intel did it, or so I would I would assume that they wouldn't they wouldn't pay for it. That's just an assumption though. I don't know. Yeah, probably. With um Yeah, it's a shame because reading the top down reading these issues like okay, frame rate stuttering crashes, was frame rate stuttering and you know, you know, issues like you're never going, you're going to have some rough things out of the gate, but then it's like, okay, now you're having an overall, like you're having actual hard crashes and you're having just garbage performance. That sucks. The, the thing that, the thing though with, with PC or even any game though, is I guess I, I guess I know I don't get, I don't get too, you know, uptight about stuff like this because I know that it's going to get fixed. And admittedly, and I know I'm t- I, this is not this is a different point of view is I very rarely play games at launch. But I'm lucky I play games within a few months. Most of the time it's several years online when all those issues have been kind of fixed. So I don't see the worst of it. Um, they're like I am playing a new fairly new release game now, which is very uncommon for me and I'll talk mm. about that in our next section. but um, yeah, I I feel for those people who want to play the game on PC. It's a shame that it's getting mostly negative review scored because it uh, the content itself maybe shouldn't be shouldn't be penalized because of the the port. But well, like re- review review bombing isn't good. But like if 
if it is widespread performance problems, then, you know, it shouldn't be, you know, overall positive or whatever, or mostly positive just because the content's good. Like, I do think that like the product at that point does need to be addressed. Yeah. Um, and but if it's I, if it's an illegitimate reviewer, like I haven't played this, I'm just going to re- vote it down. It's like okay, come on now. Yeah, and I I go back and forth with this with the reviewing because I I almost wish there there was a kind of standardized review system where you're reviewing both the technical aspect and the like like I wish Steam had a review score technical and review score content. Mm, okay, and say hey, yeah, this the content of this game is great but this runs like shit and we'll try, we'll try to get this up a little bit. It's like, this game runs great. It looks fantastic, but uh, you know, it's not for everyone or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, wish, yeah. I, I almost wish they were separated. So I hope they fix it. I won't be playing. I doubt I'll go back and replay this first one. I do intend on playing the second one at some point, but yeah, I definitely am not playing this. The first one again, uh, certainly not, but I mean, I'm sure Ryan's going to, try it and maybe next time he's on he can report on whether or not the performance that he has on his particular pc is good or bad yeah he'll uh he'll look at it for a half hour and then he'll never look at it again or maybe not it's just the last of us you might beat it again who knows who knows uh but on to our query corner uh and i have a query corner and then a supporting story so i'll go through both the question and the supporting story i'll do i'll start with the supporting story just so we remember the question so uh the story comes from us from game rant and it's uh, overwatch 2 is finally bringing back a fan favorite feature that has been missing since launch so Overwatch 2 has brought back the on fire feature which was used in overwatch 1 to highlight players that were doing particularly well in a match uh, the feature would presumably have uh, a similar visible and audible indicator to at least notify the player of their impressive streaks. Blizzard has stated that it's rebuilding it for the new system, uh, for the new system of the sequel. So, like, coming, it's going to be coming to Overwatch 2, but it's not clear as to when that's going to be coming because obviously it'll be in some sort of update. We don't know when that's coming. So, it's not the story that I'm trying to focus on. It's a supporting story to the question that I have here. What are your thoughts on when something is updated or overhauled? only to be missing features that were in the previous iteration. So for example, Mm. the Xbox app, the Xbox app and the half baked Xbox console app and Xbox app on PC, like that whole situation. Um, So I'll just give like a little bit of context. The Xbox app I'm talking about is the mobile app. When Xbox series came out, it got overhauled and it's, it was missing a whole bunch of features. And then on the PC side of things, we have an Xbox app. That's supposed to be like your Xbox launcher, sort of like a Steam, but for Game Pass and other games that you purchase. But it was it, it was supposed to inherit features from the console companion app, of which I still have installed on this Windows 10 PC here. But when I open that, it says, well, go check us out on Xbox because we're moving the features over. Well, it's been a couple of years. Where are these like, you know, where are these other features? Like, I can't message anybody on the Xbox app, I can't message people as far as I know. I can't, I, I don't believe I can check captures. Maybe I can, but I don't believe you can. It's like, why do we have like this half? It almost feels like a half decommed app. And then like a fully fledged launcher kind of, but you can't chat and stuff like what, like what's going on here. So what are your thoughts about these like updates and or overhauls quote unquote that like takes stuff away, it takes stuff away. Yeah, yep, I agree. So with Overwatch specifically, I'll, I'll I'll answer the, the taking it away part, but with Overwatch specifically, they not only took things away. Um, one of them is so you you get play of the games and you get highlights, 
And you, with the first game, your play of the games used to save temporarily to your home screen as long as the game hadn't, as long as you hadn't closed the game. So if you were collecting highlights and play the games in video, like they would literally put a, uh, a replayable clip on, on uh, like, I think, um, I can't remember what it was actually called spotlight or whatever, but you would can go in and watch them again until you close the game and then they go away. They don't even, they, they took that away for Overwatch too. You can't do that anymore. So another thing that they, but another thing that they added that I don't like, because over what I really liked about Overwatch and what was really praised for is that it was a, it was a team-based shooter that, that, let everyone feel inclusive and let everyone find a character that they could play and feel like part of a team. And what was great about Overwatch was they always emphasized people that were doing really well by, by like saying, Hey, this person achieved this and this person achieved that, give them props and this and that. And here's your play of the game. But they never, they made a point to never show people who were the weak link of the team. They never said, this person's not performing well, and these are their stats. And that, that was a huge thing for, for over, like, it was a huge kind of community based thing that, that really helped people feel inclusive. One of the, while I do like Overwatch 2 for the most part, one of the things that they added that I don't like is a stat screen for you to see everyone's, you know, kill death ratio, their mitigation, their healing, their damage, like so on and so forth. Because now that's become a reference point and there are people who are referencing that to the point where it's, well, why aren't they doing this? And why aren't you doing that? And blah, 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 blah. And that's why I, like, I, I, I play my characters the way I want to play. I play, um, you know, I, I do, I play like this and I may be focusing on this, but I'm not necessarily focusing on that. So that's an addition to Overwatch 2 that I wish they hadn't done because I, I don't like that stat screen. Um, it's kind of more it's more codish a bit yeah. where it has like yeah. how much healing you're doing, how much uh, like elimination, yeah. how many eliminations and, you have and stuff like that. And fine. If you really, really want to add it, you want to add it for the competitive mode. Great. But quick play is supposed to be just that quick play and for fun. For for you to throw these stats in, in in our faces to say hey you know like I that that part of the game I I particularly don't like but they so yeah they took away something where where you can't view your your hero gallery anymore or your not your hero, your your spotlights but I God I wish Ryan was in this podcast because there's one thing that I keep on bringing up to him and he calls me crazy for this um. So a couple of iOS versions ago. Okay. Okay. I used to do a lot of this. So here's my phone. When it comes to texting, I used to do this. Put it in landscape, it. which is crazy, but okay. I don't know why that's crazy. I don't know. I don't know why you think that's, that's antiquated and no one does that. Okay. So uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're pretty much, you're pretty much channeling Ryan. And that's, that's his, that was his, his, um, his, his reasoning, his argument in the end. So in, in the, I want to say iOS 13, maybe, I don't know. It's gotta be three or four OSs back. Now you turn it into landscape, the Apple keyboard would stay condensed in the center. So you're not, it's not edge to edge. Like it is kind of 
it is there is space on the side. But they what they did was they had extra buttons there, extra keys that you would you normally have to get by switch to toggling to the alternate screen if you're in portrait mode. So if you needed like a slash or you needed a, this symbol or whatever, you usually have to go to the alternate screen and punch it and then punch back and continue typing. When you turn into landscape, they took they took those most common ones and they also added them on the side. Okay. And then they also had left right arrows too. So if you wanted to scroll back in your message, you can actually just use the left right arrow instead of having to drag your finger on the screen like a like a jackass and try to find it in the, in the word. Okay. <laughs> right. I use that a lot. I really, really like that. They up, they went to the next update. They took that away. You can still turn your phone and it was still landscape and the space is still there. They have the UI empty space there, but they took away the extra buttons in which they had in the previous thing. And Ryan's thing, Ryan's argument is, it's a th- it antiquated and nobody uses it and blah, 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 blah. It's like, fine, but there's a lot of things on these phones that a lot of people don't use. I can find a lot of sub features in this thing. Probably like hundreds in the settings. Hundreds. Like I can dig down deep and find really dumb things that they probably don't need to put in here. But the point is though, they, they did work to put it in the previous version. So why not move it forward? My thing is, if they had it done, like it was there. It was, it's, it's, they had it in already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they made a point to take things away. But it's, okay, fine. If you want to put a, you want to make that your new standard, put your new standard in there. And, and, but let me have that old one if I want it. Let me go into settings and turn that back on. You know, what's interesting about this is I, I agree with Ryan's argument that the act of turning your phone landscape is like antiquated, but. I thought you were going to say that it wouldn't work in landscape at all anymore. And it was going to force you portrait. The fact that they removed a feature of something that is already antiquated or like niche, let's say is a little bit ridiculous. Like why, why finesse, you know, why, why fix up something that is rarely used arguably when you could have just left it or got rid of it. It's one thing to get rid of it and say, 0.2% 0.2% of people do this. We're not, we're not supporting this anymore. But it's another one to be like, ah, let's get rid of these, let's get rid of these hotkeys. Like what? Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I used it in landscape because I found having like the shift back and left and right and the extra things. I liked having those options there instead of having to toggle my whole, my whole thing with worth with, with workflow and my personal and my professional is I want to try to minimize and take steps away. If I can find a way to take out a step and to do one less keystroke somewhere, I will do it if it means I can move on to the next thing faster. So I that was my that was my my kind of analysis of that thing is it's easier for me to turn it and do this quickly, turn it back and then move on. But it's it's funny because Ryan's like, well, nobody uses it or nobody uses that in uh, you know, you should be using a portrait and then taking it away has forced me to use portrait. It's like, okay, now I have no reason to turn this keyboard because I don't have any more options. It's the same thing. So you might as well have not even, you might as well just taken it away completely. It's like, I have, there's no difference in between these two keyboards. Why am I even going to turn it into landscape? If you turn it into landscape, I should get a reward. Reward should be extra buttons, extra real estate. But 
took they they took it away. It'd be one thing if, like, I mean, it might it might come down to, oh, we don't want to support those hockeys anymore and stuff like this. But it sounds like it was that the buttons were just activating functions that would be normally, maybe other than the arrow keys, would be normally available anyway. Yeah, but the but the thing is, for me, it was they were they were the most common keystrokes on the second screen. Oh, right, right, right. You they were, were they were, were reflective for you specifically, yes, right? Yeah. Yeah, because if they if they had things if they had extra things on the side that were already in the main keyboard, I wouldn't bother. Like that's redundant. I don't like right, I don't right. like I don't like redundancy in my workflow. So it was yeah. Instead of toggling over to go grab the at symbol or to grab whatever or have to do this, these ones are on the side. This is just easier for me to do and faster. So it was it was one less thing for me to to have to hit and. Man, that's so, that's so like, that's so, that's just a, that's such a specific thing for them to take away because in a that's lot of what these, I said, Ryan disagrees with me. Like, I agree. I agree with you in this particular context because it's like, why edit it? Like, just take, yeah. if, you, if you think the whole thing's antiquated, just make it so that the keyboard doesn't go yeah. landscape anymore. Yeah. I, I would rather have them taking the entire landscape thing away than take yeah. away part of it. It's like, why are you neutering me? Just fucking kill me. Like, we're just. <laughs> Fuck. Well, the thing, I mean, it's not that extreme, but the thing I was going to say is like, in a lot of these cases, like, for example, like the, like the Xbox app, like, let's say the mobile one, what's, what's interesting about it is like, Usually it's an overhaul. So usually it's like, you know, the app is chugging along and, you know, it's version one, then 1.1, then 1.2 and whatever the version numbers are. And then version two comes out, but version two is not built upon version one. Version two is like a major overhaul that's been done by another team or another thus, member of the team. Thus two. And, yeah, yeah, thus yeah. 2.0. And it like paves over it. It's not like 1.9 to two is not an iteration. It's like a whole overhaul. And so then it's like, it makes more sense logically, I suppose that there's missing features. It's like, okay, like this is like another app kind of, and they didn't get to, you know, X, Y, Z, but from a consumer perspective, it's like, hang on, where the heck are these features? But in your iPhone example, the keyboard didn't change as far as I know, other than that, like what a strange iteration. Like they just like, ah, I was gonna take this away. And and it wasn't like it's keyboard 2.0 that came out. And it's then the it same, didn't have hotkeys. Yeah, it's the same keyboard. Admittedly, like it is, it, it was a major iOS job. It was a it was a major iOS. Yeah, it was an it's an iOS update, but yeah, it, it was still... a point zero update. So so yeah, and and who knows on the back end what maybe it was causing problems or whatever. But it was likely just yeah, we'll take it away because we take it away. And like, yeah. okay, fine, we'll just leave it in the back somewhere. Let me go into my setting and turn it back on. And. I've noticed. I've, been, I've noticed this more every time they do it. They do an OS update. I, there's something they're changing. And it's like, why is this in this area? Why do you put this here? <laughs> it's like this should not be in this part of the phone. I sh- this should be over here. And the most recent, because I just I just updated everything to sixteen point four. Um, because I had a, I had a, I got a phone which was so outdated that I had to update and brought it to sixteen point four. So I brought all of them up to sixteen point four. But my intention is usually to lock them in. So right now, I will not touch an update again until one of two things: a, there's such a security breach that I need to do it, and I'm being advised to do it, or b, I get a new iOS device because I have three of them, 
that will come preloaded with like, let's say 17.0, I will then take the other ones and bring them up to 17.0. Cause I always like them to be on the same level. So there's, they do, Apple does, they put things in weird parts of the settings. They put things that I would think don't go in that setting section, uh, setting section. Um, for instance, auto brightness. And I'm, I'm like 99% confident. I could be slightly wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm almost confident at one point auto brightness was in the brightness. It was in the brightness and display section. Right. Where, where would it be now? It is in the accessibility. It is considered. Auto brightness. Yes. I crazy, right? Auto brightness is like, maybe it is an accessibility setting, but like if it is, it should be in both at least. But it is, it's a very common thing. It's not, it's not an accessibility common feature. It is just a common feature. It's just a common feature, but that's what I mean. It's like, if it it is an accessibility feature, but also common for everybody, it should just be in both at least. Yeah. So, uh, auto, uh, Auto oh man, that's bright. weird. That's super weird. Yes. Accessibility, display, and text size. And it's in the same one with like color filters and colorblind stuff and you know, larger text and on-off labels. It's it's in that group. And they took it from from display and brightness and they moved it over there and it still boggles me to my mind to, to this day uh, because one particular reason it's like fine if you don't want to do that oh my cat just jumped up beside me hey Caesar uh, if you don't want to if you want to do it, that's fine but you need to make an easier way to to uh, to get to it and for me I find it a problem because I have my phone set to auto brightness. Right. All right. And I will at times have to manually adjust my brightness. Okay. All right. Um, I'll give you two specific examples. When I, I use my phone, my digital wallet a lot. And mm-hmm. when I go to, let's say, I was Cineplex. This happens a lot of Cineplex. My scan QR code. Exactly. If it's a white background, the brightness is usually good enough. It'll pick it up. But like my scene card or my Cineplex, like gift cards or whatever, are dark background, it doesn't pick it up. So I have to bring down my control panel and I have to bring up my brightness and it's now super bright and I scan it and I close my phone and I continue on. What do you think happens? Well, sorry. What do you think it should happen when I go turn on my phone again? I mean, ideally, it would go back to what the normal brightness yeah. was before. Not, it's supposed not super bright. It's supposed to. Mine doesn't. It keeps it at the. It now ignores my auto brightness, even though it's still toggled to on. All right. Okay. So it's like, okay, great. Now I need to navigate to accessibility, and I need to find auto brightness, and I have to toggle it on and off. It's like, there, right. There's one thing I'm wondering. I'm not super versed in Apple products, but so Samsung, that's the ones I use, those phones I use. Samsung has a thing where like auto brightness, you know, goes up and down and this and that, but you set your levels. So you don't like hard set them in some sort of menu or something. What happens is if like, you know, you're, let's say like you're in a darker room, you open your phone and it's like, oh, it's a bit too bright. If you just like set it down, it like automatically goes like, oh, okay. When it's this bright in the room, 
I should be around this brightness. It's learning. It, it learns it. And then I go yeah. out in the sunlight and it's like, okay, crank it up, you know, because they want to avoid glare in that. It learns it. I, I, this is an assumption is, is Apple doing the same thing and I, the accessibility setting is so that you can have very specific auto brightness. It's a total uh, guess. If it is, I haven't fucking seen it. And if, if that is something that Samsung does and Apple doesn't, you know, what's going to happen in three iOSs, they'll add it in as a new feature and they'll, they'll, They'll pave it as an innovative thing, and then Apple will get all the credit for it anyways. Because that because that's what always happens. So with with the auto brightness, because even even with an auto brightness properly on and adjust, sometimes it doesn't even adjust. Sometimes I'll like I'll if I shut off a light, it will be super bright, and I have to actually turn off my display again and then turn it back on. Like I have to like stand by my phone and come back in for it to adjust. It doesn't even do it on the fly. So here's the thing that what I what I will give iOS is is they they do allow a lot of quick expansion of options so you you won't you can't see my phone but in my control center i have like four basic icons if i press and hold it expands to six if i press and hold wi-fi it gives me more wi-fi options and then from there i can just say take me to wi-fi settings and it's a quick way to get there Mm -hmm. all right if I go back to if I go back to my control center uh, control panel, I have a dis- uh, I have a, a brightness display like a slider. If I long press hold, it expands to more display settings. It actually gives me uh, it actually gives me uh, like an expanded thing. Like there's there's three options at the bottom, and I can play around. Those three options are dark mode, night shift, and true tone. Okay. Two of those things, two of those things I never want to fucking touch. I never want to touch night shift and I never want to touch true tone. Okay. Well, Why? Night, night shift, to be fair, which I believe is the blue light filter. Yeah. Is really commonly used. Yes. But I, but like for me, I have it like it says here, you have it set for schedule. I'm not going oh, to touch it. Okay. You have a schedule. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not, not going to touch this. Like I don't, this button doesn't need to be here. And with all this, the screen real estate, everything here, somewhere in this, this, acre of of a phone screen size that i have you figure they would work in a auto brightness toggle it just sounds like they've reclassified it and i'm just not i'm just not sure why you would reclassify it like having two classifications i think is fine yeah you want to put it in you want to put it in accessibility fine as well because somebody may naturally go to accessibility to find it but for and, me, I, and it might need more there might be like something that i don't understand like you, you might need something very specific like do not go above a certain level of brightness for some reason or yeah. something like that and they they ha- there's i don't know if it's an accessibility it might be in the sub sub sound one but they have like ear protection for you can then limit the master volume oh yeah samsung ears. always so, tells me i'm listening to things too loud <laughs> yeah and which is fine but it's it's it, it almost feels like it's like a red tape thing with apple it's well if we expand the brightness thing what are our options for brightness well this isn't brightness and this isn't brightness and this isn't brightness okay well there's a thing that says auto brightness yeah but that's an accessibility so it can't play with the brightness options because those are right. two different there those are two different uh, cl- uh crowds and they don't they won't click with each other and you said it was like it like auto it brightness you, was it in the display used to, it used to be in the display then they decided to move it to accessibility and it's fine. I'm not. Okay. I'm not inherently against that. But if you're putting a bunch of like quick access options for brightness somewhere, give me an option to, like, give me an option to add it as a control panel item. 
Like, 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 if I slide down, let me add as another item for me to to manage, because auto brightness also doesn't always honor itself too. I I use Siri shortcuts, so there's a bunch of like little subscripts in there that will run it thing. When I launch Diablo Immortal, I tell it to raise the brightness because I want a little bit more brightness on the game as I'm playing it. It's a pretty dark game sometimes. It's a pretty dark game. I tell it when I exit to bring the brightness down. The reason why I bring the brightness down is because I cannot tell a fucking series shortcuts to use auto brightness because they don't even <laughs> let auto brightness happen in series shortcuts because it's considered an accessibility. It's not considered a function of the phone. Man, I kind of want to study which this is, now, which like, is wild. I kind of want to like look this up just for like UX uh, like curiosity as to why they would do it. Like, I really hope there's like a really good reason. Maybe. Like, 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 I, feel, like, I, I just I have this feeling that there is an auto brightness that it's like the consumers don't need to touch it. Like it's just automatically does it. But if you want more, more like nuanced control or specific control or I don't know, something, then there's the accessibility one. Yeah. So and look, there's a bunch of Reddit posts. Why is auto brightness moved under this? Um, <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing, though. I would also be OK with this if like I don't have a problem manually raising my my um, uh, brightness and I don't have a problem telling my app to raise it with the uh, Diablo Immortal. But. From what I know with the auto brightness accessibility function is that regardless if you manually adjust it, when you when you stand by your phone and you come back, it's supposed to reset your auto brightness. It's supposed to go back to what your predetermined setting was. And I would be okay with that if it fucking did that. But it doesn't. It just keeps it locked in at the eye-piercing brightness that I had to raise it up to so I can get my goddamn scene points at the concession stand. I kind of feel like my Samsung phone might do that, but uh, the Android app is, like I use Samsung Pay, or Samsung Wallet I guess it's called now, and it auto does the brightness and then shuts it down. But like, I feel like if I manually cranked it, I feel like it would still be cranked. That's a guess, but I think so. Yeah. Okay, so this guy you read a user hawk guy 85 okay five years ago and so i i've been able to determine that it was shifted from ios 10 to ios 11 this guy this guy's echoing exactly what i'm saying with ios 11 auto brightness was moved under accessibility in general settings and from displaying brightness is this the least intuitive design change in ios are there more or more egregious changes one of the most annoying changes was the relocation of auto brightness blah blah blah, blah. i find that sometimes i need to manually adjust brightness for tasks but once i'm finished with a task i need to re-engage the auto brightness by turning it off and on again which is fine i kind of wish there was a shortcut to do it but at least being in brightness and display was easy to find with ios 11 it was moved and took me a while to find being under buried accessibility options and that goes back to my that goes back to my um, um, my uh, control panel thing. Like, I honestly believe that if if it was under like some sort of internal UI design rule of Apple, that if it was under brightness, if I press and held it and long held this, I'm convinced that they would include it here. But because there's a not, lot of space, like 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 for the listener, for the listener, like Adriano has from his control center expanded the brightness settings by pressing and holding it, and there's a lot of just like Gaussian blur around yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I I honestly believe that in some slightly parallel universe where they kept it under brightness and display, they would have made a point to make a button in that one because it's part of the brightness and display sub control feature. But because it's under accessibility they don't allow it just like i can't even do a shortcut to re-engage auto display 
which is wild. Because it, at least if I was a shortcut to re-engage auto display, I would just pin it to the home screen as a dedicated button and I could just toggle it myself. But I can't even do that. Unless they add, maybe, maybe, maybe I should correct myself right now. Maybe shortcuts for six, whatever it is, uh, iOS 16. Maybe, maybe they did add it because I was working on the 15 point, whatever. Let's take a look. That's still, that's still an interesting and weird change. Yeah. 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 And uh, if I asked Ryan, I don't know. Ryan's answer would probably be like, no, they, you know, nobody, you know, nobody used that button. So they hit it away. It's like, okay. People definitely like hit hit the auto brightness though like i mean i haven't in a while just because i've had it like set up for so long and i just like move my data from one phone to another now because i just keep buying samsung but like when i first got my samsung and if i had like started afresh on this samsung i'm sure i'd be training it messing around with that auto brightness slash the brightness meter for sure okay so like i i just started a new shortcut and i want to um try to search for auto brightness no there's a function to set true tone. I can <laughs> I can write a script for to set true tone. And I know why. Because if I also search night shift, it will night shift will be in here. Actually, wait, wait, wait. What is true tone versus night shift? Night shift is the blue light filter. Yeah, true tone what is, is what is true uh, tone? Uh true tone, your will automatically adapt based on the ambient lighting conditions to make your colors appear more consistent in different environments. Oh, for Pete's sake. Which is yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, though. it's so, fine, but for Pete's sake, to allow something that's so specific. Yeah. Okay. Like, like I said, because True Tone is in display and it's on that control panel, I can find it in shortcuts. What's the other one? Um, night Shift. Because Night Shift is in display settings and it's in that control panel, I can find it in shortcuts. Was I'm going to estimate that mm-hmm. Apple thinks we're beyond touching auto brightness, and auto brightness is just which a would, complete a completed feature. So they just like yeah, add, like which whatever. Would, which would be great if it fucking worked, but it doesn't reset. <laughs> I have to go in and do it itself. Okay, what was the last one? Um, uh, dark mode. You can toggle dark mode on and off from that same thing, which is uh, okay, great. Uh, dark mode. Set dark set light dark mode with a shortcut, but because auto brightness is not part of display. If I type in auto brightness, that's nope. wild. It just shows me true tone. You know, what's another iOS thing that's actually really annoying. And this isn't something that was like taken away or anything, but it's a glitch that I've noticed a bunch is, you know how, like when you're typing and you have like the tap on, like the, as you're typing along on your keyboard, they have like the inconsistent volume. Have you heard that? Have you like you for sure? I've had that. I've had that on my iPhone, my work iPhone. I've had that on my iPad where you're like, it only goes like, like, yeah, like and it was I, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. I think I honestly thought I don't know if that's intentional. I honestly thought for a long time that that was just like a defect in my speaker. No. Oh, yeah, it does sound like that. And I thought my iPad was busted. And then I test and then I actually like I think I just like, you know, whatever, like shut it off, shut it back on. It was fine. And then I I got the same problem on my work iPhone and Ryan has the same problem on his iPhone. So it's just an iOS problem. I think just like closing the keyboard and reopening it or something like you don't have to restart like I did the first time. Um, but. Yeah. And, and then somebody, somebody's first rebuttal to this guy's thing about iOS 10 to 11, he goes, you shouldn't need to disable auto brightness to temporarily manually adjust auto screen brightness, manually adjusting brightness via control center will lock it uh, to that manual brightness until 
your next lock unlock or a major chain environment inside or, or outside. So like it's supposed to do it. So this guy's saying like, yeah, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to ever touch it. It should just reset immediately. It's like, yeah, but you know, quality control and Apple iPhones have gone down the toilet since Steve Jobs died. Like, like shit doesn't work on these things anymore. You know, you know, what, you know what? Um, I updated everything to iOS 16. You know what it did? I don't know. I still don't know why I did this. Oh no! It went. It's no. It's really minor. It's, it was a really dumb thing. I had to go and do. It went and deleted my profile pic for my app for my Apple ID. Like it, like if going in, like it didn't find it on the phone. I'm like, where's my, where's my, where's the photo that I signed for myself for for my <laughs> Apple ID? So I went into iCloud, like through a browser, and it's just gone. It's like click here to sign a photo. It's like why did updating iOS just delete your freaking eye? Yeah. Your, your why photo. did you wipe it? Like what? What happened? Like I'm sorry, shit like this would never have flown under Steve Jobs. Like he would have reamed somebody out for for something like that. Like okay, like auto brightness. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack my brightness, super bright. I'm gonna go like this. Yeah, it's still super bright. Like it just it's gonna be bright forever until I reset it. That's uh, Fix that's your, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Auto brightness. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll move on from the query corner. And we'll uh, start talking about what we've been playing this week. Adriano, other than playing with the brightness meter on your phone there, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of Microsoft Excel. I've been. Um, oh, my God. Uh, where I actually I make a list somewhere. Where do I put it? Uh, Did you put it in the Excel? No, no. You know, what? you know where I actually hide it. I actually hide because sometimes it'll be weeks before I between episodes. I was going to say you hide it, though. But I don't hide it. I place it. Like it's okay. unless unless you know where to look for, it, you're not going to find it. You know where I actually put it? I added in the description of the individual calendar items of the respective episode. So if you open up ah. the, the shirt, it's actually in there. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something. You're missing Vampire Survivors. No, I played that. I played some Sea of Thieves. I played some Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. I have played some Overwatch, I think. Um, I went and happened to have just out of some weird freak accident. I happened to find myself on the Epic Game Store page yesterday. I saw that they're giving away like a uh, the free game was chess. I'm like, oh, chess. So I have actually been playing just I, I, I've I like chess. I've 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 always dabbled in chess throughout elementary school and high school um does windows not c- come with chess anymore it used to I, right i don't uh, the only thing that i have installed in my xbox app is uh besides the like sea of thieves and um i think it might be sea of thieves and honestly it might be sea of thieves and solitaire those might be the only two fucking things i was gonna say it's freaking solitaire isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah sea of thieves and microsoft so yeah i don't have a chess installed but anyways this is a very nice um this is a very really good looking version of chess and you get to like pick your environments and you get to pick your board and you get to pick your color and your like style like your 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 wood grain and you're sitting down in like in a like a 3d rendered air environment and like the one that i have right now is this 
um, it's just like a fireplace, like in a master study with books around and eat, like the, the table, like the coffee, the coffee table around it is cluttered too. Like there's just like, they, I think there's like a magnifying glass and like, I think there's like a cigar sitting there and there's a copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula. That is like, you can see just sitting beside it as if there's like a, like this, you're reading a book just in between. There's just like book sitting there, which is really cool. It's nice to look at, but I've started at the lowest difficulty playing against the cpu and i'm just working my way up to see how long i can how many moves it takes me to beat them um and what it does is when you complete a game it actually locks it in like you have six slots and when you beat a game it stays there and it'll give you the stat saying hey at this difficulty you beat him in this one blah 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 blah, and you can actually just go to the next one so i find i found that fun i feel like i've been playing something else and i missed it we didn't me and my Mario, excuse me. Like, are you like just start mentioning your massive Mario project and immediately start yawning? <laughs> yeah, me and my Mario party, we haven't been, it's been tax season. So one guy's been down and out. So we haven't gone back to Mario party, but uh, hopefully we will soon. Um, I haven't, I made the unfortunate mistake of starting Stardew Valley and then also starting Dead Space. So Stardew Valley almost immediately got dropped. Oh, yeah. Man, so Stardew Valley for me became like a min-max game. I don't know if you've like you've had that. Like I know you've only played a little bit. Whether you've had that that like idea where I'm like, man, I don't want to water these damn things every time I wake up. It's like I'm gonna go and friggin' figure out how to automate this. And then I'm like, yeah. hang on, I can automate this even better. And then it just becomes like a like a min-max disaster. <laughs> yeah, and and there's uh, a friend of mine is is started happened to start started valley as i dropped it off to go play dead space so i'm kind of getting his i'm kind of living it by by curiously through him and he's like yeah he's like oh man i want to figure out this strawberry thing because i need these strawberries to grow in this order and i need to get this going and it's going to mess up everything else and i'm like okay i i hope to give that game another chance i i just made the mistake of starting it at the wrong time and uh but all at the same time while the while the the farming things were cool it was also just like the mysteries of the town in which i was more interested in i like i didn't care much for trying to court anyone it's like hey you should go you know give this flower to somebody and you should try to be with somebody it's like i don't give a fuck about that at all like i want to know what's there is a creepy community center and there's a weird wizard that lives over on that side and there's a there's a hidden area over here like, I want to know what the fuck's going on. And that's the, there's a mystery here that I want to solve. So there is like, like, I don't know if you have to unlock it or not, but there is the ability to play on different maps, like maps as in, I don't think it changes the town or anything, but it's specifically your farm. And so like, you are able to play where you do minimal farming if you really want to, as far as I know. Yeah. And, and uh, I, that was unlocked. I will go back and take a look at them because some some of the maps are like more lending themselves to uh like fishing for example mm-hmm. and maybe maybe that might be a co-op experience maybe i will see if um maybe i'll try to convince my brother to play because we can play online maybe it's fun I, like i, maybe, I played yeah. it back in the day I, it's it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. like maybe co-op i mean yeah, that's something I'll do. Anyways, that's that. But the last thing I've been playing has been Dead Space. I have been 
making my way through the Ishimura and shooting some necromorphs. That is a great game. You like it better than the original? Uh, yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it, it kind of sounds like it's the same caliber of the original with the like the things we know about game development now. Like yeah. game development has moved forward and it just it's the same caliber game. Yes, it's um, it takes everything that the original one had. It makes it better. It it cleans up a lot of the. Um, it just kind of makes things easier to man. Uh, but that's not true. Management in the other game was fairly easy. Like it was a fairly straightforward in the shop inventory store system. You know, click click sell sell whatever. The the there wasn't a map in the original game. You actually never knew where on the ship you were. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. I think I think they gave you like a rough map when you were going in between levels because there was it was actually there was there were levels in the game. It wasn't so, just yeah, I, I remember that like you went through it would be like, oh, I'm going to take the train to like engineering. Oh, I'm going to take the train to like, I don't know, plumbing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you still take the train, but you got to explore the ship in whatever that like you can go back and forth now. Like you, you weren't, when it took you to engineering, you were in engineering until it said you were not an engineer anymore and you were not coming back. But the right. game now let now lets you go explore the ship because there's level one locks, level two locks and level master locks. And you have to double back if you want goodies when you get those clearances. And right now I have one and two unlocked. So now it's like, okay, I need to make a point to, there's no reason for me to maybe ever go back to medical for story purposes but I know that there are locked rooms there that are behind one and two that I want to fucking get it. And I want to see what's in there. How, do, how is navigation for that? So like, since the game's opened up a bit, do you find yourself getting lost or, no. and is there like a way for you to see on the map? Oh, there is like, you know, a higher, a higher lock that I haven't gotten through yet. Yeah. So on the map, what it is when rooms are locked, the, the room is a, it does a very, uh, I don't know if you've ever, probably not, if you played the early Silent Hill games, the Silent Hill games were really great at when it went up to the, when it went up to a door, it was either opened, it was locked, or it was inaccessible. Right, okay. And if it was inaccessible, I think it was like a squig, like it would, you, you go back to the map, it would be a squiggle red line. It was telling you, you're not meant to get in this door. It's mm-hmm. there for just cosmetic game purposes, but there's nothing diegetically behind there that you need to access. So then if you if it was locked and it said, hey, you know, you need to find a key or whatever, it would be a straight red line. So you're like, okay, I can get in this room. I have to just figure out how to get in this room. With Dead Space, it's very similar. You it's not until you enter the area because you can you can see a kind of a grayed out version of the ship at any point. But when you're in an, as you walk into an area, it does start to fill in the information where it's it will open lock or it will be a one, a two or a M. And if it's open, you can clearly go in. If it's a lock, that means something in the environment is keeping it locked, whether it's like a like a power, like a like a wire you have to cut or something you have to trip. There's some sort of just, um, you know action agent item you need to do to do it um and then the the one and the two and the m are 
at some point story related, you will be issued a security clearance, bridge clearance. And then I think, well, I don't know what the last one is, but th- that gives you access to more things. Um, yeah. So you can go back and forth and what is, and so when you, when you walk up to a door and it says, Hey, you need a one, it will put a one over that door. So you know, to come back. One of my few complaints though, is there are, there are cases that are like there are lockers and there are lock boxes that are the same thing. It's like, Hey, you need a level one, level two or level M security clearance. For some reason, those don't get pinned on the map. Oh, that's annoying. Okay. They, they're just, they don't get acknowledged. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to remember this is here. So that's where I, I, that's where I use my trusty Xbox overlay notepad, because I think I told you I have a digital notepad in the, in the Xbox overlay. Yeah. Yeah. And I literally just have, um, like this where I scribble down like notes for games and I have, and I have a list. Like I have, I have a level two, I, sorry, I have two level two security clearances on floor five medical and observation room. Okay. So I, so I was like, okay, I'll make a note to, to go back there. Um, that's like the only, other than that, like that's the only thing that I have to now I have to manage out of game. Other than that, everything else is managing game. So they, they um so for the most part i know where to go there was one time where it was telling me to do an objective but it wasn't giving me my like like a little path thing um but i still was that like why. a bug or was that like a specific I, mission where it's like oh we was, don't have the was, gps coordinates or something yes it was it was a specific mission and i actually i thought it was broken so i you know that's the only time i'll actually look up a guide for anything is when I think something's broken and I need to see if I need to somehow fix it. So I looked it up and it's like, yeah, it for some reason, this mission, they just didn't bother to, to tag it. You just have to know to go here and do this for some reason. It's just, that's just the way they did it. So uh, remember the very annoying asteroid part? Yep. Oh they, yeah. They completely redesigned it. It is a much, much more approachable. It is a much more entertaining run through of that of a similar scenario that was that was sort of that stupid get that resonator and buy the dlc came from because i was going crazy is that where that yeah i was i was like yelling and screaming because i was like like why did this i think it was something like why does this game become so actually yeah. i'm like get that resonator and buy the DLC. <laughs> i always thought that that was a gears of war reference i didn't know, that it, was you know a- it is a gears of war reference but it's it's from my dead space let's play because i was going crazy and yeah. i could not do that asteroid part it is very tough with the controller you have to be dead on and and i don't know how i pulled it off in when i played on 360 originally Somehow, like I just got lucky, but I when I last year when I replayed the Dead Space games for PC, I remember I switched to mouse and keyboard specifically for that because I needed the mouse to do that because <laughs> oh it was God. just it was that flawed of a of a of a part. But they completely rechanged as they changed it, and you're probably not going to play this remaster, are you? No, no, God, no. Yeah, yeah. so spoiler alert, uh, you know, for whoever. Um, so they they shove you outside. But the, also, you when you're in your in zero gravity, or when you're at you're in zero gravity, you're not locked to your plate, and you don't have to shoot across your plate anymore. It was always you're either here or you're there, and you weren't allowed to free float in space. They changed it. They now, um, 
you know, EA Anthem style that you take off and you get to float around and you get to like lunge forward and you have like a whole kind of different control scheme when you're, when you're in zero gravity. Is it, is it literally the Anthem control scheme? Cause I, they, these are, these are both EA, right? Uh, yeah, but I didn't play Anthem, so I can't, okay. but it, it looks, it all, it looks like you're, it looks like they're, you're flying around as if you're Anthem. So, <laughs> um, the, that part there and the enemies are way more aggressive in this is excuse me in this game they'll they'll come out and the other ones they were kind of lumbering and they're kind of lunging forward this one they'll just charge you and they'll just come after you you're just you're just fighting constantly and in space or in zero gravity these fuckers what they'll do is they're on the wall and you think like oh well they're not gonna come after me like i'm floating out here and they just like lunge themselves off the wall and as they're coming by because they have to get to the other wall because they can't float they'll just like they'll come by me and they'll just take a you know a cheap swipe at me as they're coming by and they'll just like try to tackle me in midair and i get like tossed back and then they're like landing and they're reorientating and then they'll do another one i'm trying to dodge and kill them that's really fun but in in the space what happens is you go out there and you're free floating and the halls already at 85%. And what's happening is, is these asteroids are actually flying at the ship and they're taking it down sector by uh, like they're taking down percent by percent and they're hitting different sections of the ship. And what you actually have to do is there are three automated guns around the outside of the ship and you have to navigate to each one to get control of them. But then you're not even controlling the the gun manually what's happening is it calibrates to your reticle so it's okay like, hey, so now just aim around and as you're aiming around you can see the the other reticle of the of the of the gun kind of line up so you see like uh, you see your your reticle and the gun line kind of reticle kind of convert okay okay and now and now it becomes like an arcade game where you they're like keep shooting asteroids asteroids because it will calibrate and it will start to learn based on your shooting method so i have to go to each one and shoot anywhere between six and ten and then i have to survive the monsters get to the other one calibrate it shoot get to a third one calibrate it shoot all while my oxygen is depleting and making sure that i can get the oxygen before i die okay and then then when it's done it's like okay we've been calibrated you can now it'll do it and then you get back inside that's that's a lot different than it's going up to a turret control and just like shooting through a window yeah yeah so it's uh it's uh that was a very welcome change so yeah dead space i'm hoping to wrap it up soon because i don't want to pay for a second month of ea pro um but uh yeah that's pretty much it what have you been playing mr matt uh so i believe last week i said i completed call of Juarez, bound in blood and uh decided I'm, i to start cyberpunk and that's exactly what i did i uh been playing it on my pc i've been playing it on a gaming laptop with a 2070 in it uh, i've been playing it on the tv and i've been getting like way better performance than i thought uh, i don't have dlss on uh, which is like the ai inserting frames uh technology i i although i have used that with success on other games so i just haven't needed it 
the game automatically set itself to ultra ray tracing. So everything was just cranked. Um, I don't know if it was cranked to the absolute max, but it, in terms of presets, it was as high as it could go, I believe. And it was running pretty good. Um, I played the intro and stuff. And then I, I got to the beginning of, there's just like a club you visit pretty early in the game. And I just went into the settings randomly and I was like, I'm going to turn DLSS on, see how this game runs. And I turned that on and I, I it went down about two FPS. And I thought that was the culprit and it might still have been to an extent. Um, but it's just like the game just would not recover. So I was like, okay. So I shut it off, like closed the game, reopened it. Uh, I didn't have DLSS on again. Like I said, I shut that off before I turned the game off. And then the game ran fine. So I thought, okay, cool. And then I played the game for a while and I'm really enjoying it. And then I had another moment like that and DLSS was not on. And um, actually, it might be called, it might not be DLSS. It might be the AMD equivalent. But anyway, it's the AI inserting frame thing. So anyway, so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll mess around with the ray tracing. So I turned on the ray tracing and the ray tracing didn't really help me. And I thought, okay, like something's going on here. And it was during like the first free roam area. So I thought, oh, maybe there's too many people. Maybe it's like, you know, the beginning of the game's pretty, like very linear. You're in these very particular environments. So maybe it's, maybe this computer can run it at ultra, which makes sense. It's a laptop. And so I like kept switching things around, turning things down and it wasn't really helping. And I thought, what the hell? So I went and did a little investigation and I noticed that there, that my Ram was pinned, pinned at hundred percent. So I thought, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a memory leak here. So I, you know, reset the stuff back up to ultra, played the game for a bit and every like a couple hours or so, or maybe an hour, it would have the same problem. It goes down about two FPS and it, everything's like running in slow-mo. So I just on a whim was like, you know what? I wonder if it's having it, like the game is trying to do something in the background. Like I would assume there's a memory leak regardless, but sometimes you can like kind of like force your way through a memory leak or a problem like this because the game is trying to do something, whether it's trying to auto save or like calculate something. And like my, maybe my computer is like running at ultra, but it's like barely running it, even though it's running it well, it's like barely running it and it doesn't have any, any room. So I turned it down to high with ray tracing still pretty high up. I think maybe like, three of four of the controls are on because there's a bunch of controls in the ray tracing. And uh, I still get that problem, but only for like a couple of seconds and then it go- goes away. So clearly it's like getting through whatever it's doing. It's like an auto save or it's loading the world or something. So I'm like, okay, like I'm good playing. Obviously I thought I was going to be playing on, on medium and I'm like, okay, I'm good at playing like ray tracing high. Like that's totally, that's totally fine with me. Um, but once I figured all that out, uh, the game has been uh, great. Uh, I had I've had a few funny glitches where I had this introduction where the guy's like, "Good or like, welcome to Night City or good morning Night City," and then everyone it was supposed to be a first person cutscene and I was in third person. My character loaded without a head and everyone was in T pose and like the sun was like bearing down on me and I was like, "What in the fuck is going on?" And then all these like NPCs started like charging toward me, but in T pose, and then it just like cut to the cutscene again. It was like, what? I, I have a clip of it. It's pretty good. Um, I also, the first time they gave me control of the truck, I don't know whether this was supposed to happen or the car rather, but it, uh, when I got in the car, it was like, okay, like start driving. And I, I took me a while to get used to the driving. I'm using a controller. Like I've set this up kind of like a console with my laptop uh, to my TV, like I said. And I don't know whether like the police were just supposed to be sitting around on the side of the road or whether they were there for this accident, but there was just like a truck fully exploded on its roof and uh, and what no one was there no one was moving but the police were kind of close to it so i'm like uh okay <laughs> but um you know uh 
I just wanted to mention the, the like the technical things that I was going through because this game has like really cleaned its act up. Like the fact that I'm running it at ultra or like very high, basically, because uh, I've customized some of the controls uh, from the preset, but like very high on a laptop that's a few years old now uh, should be an attestment to that. I'm um, using like a, like I said a controller. I'm having a great time with it. Uh, I'm really digging the story. The story is super cool. I like how the storytelling sun, so everything's done for the most part in first first person. And so you're in these conversations and you can like re- reply and in- influence the conversation and, you know, tell people off or ask more details and stuff like that in RPG style. Um, but it's just like, because I guess it's just because it's it because it's first person and there's, it's almost like a Kojima length cutscene, but I'm not in a cutscene. I'm playing. But it's like, you know, walk over here, go talk to this person, walk over here, go talk to this person. OK, let's get in the car together. And then the guy will be like, I'm going to drive. And he literally drives. And I'm and it doesn't cut to like a CGI cutscene. It's like I'm still playing the game uh, makes me like really into the like makes me like kind of get really into the story. Um, I. I uh, didn't really know what I was doing for a bit, and I. Um, I just like decided at one point I was like, I'm going to try a side activity and tried one. And so I try to go do a side activity and I'm really new to the game. Like the game's taught me a bunch of stuff, but like, you know, it's a lot, all the tutorials. I don't remember it all. And I didn't know how far these implants would go. And there's this uh, military operation, military organization called Militech. And I needed to like, go take this person out. It was like a cyber psycho or something, something like that. And so I was like, okay. And it's like dead or alive. So I'm like, cool. But Militech has the area blocked off and I'm assuming, okay, I have to sneak around Militech. And I hear this screaming from down an alleyway and the two military guards go running out, running away from their post by this blocked off area. And they run down this alleyway and I hear more screaming. So I'm thinking, what in the fuck? So I, I decided to go into this area because no one's looking at me now. And there's just a pile of guards. And I'm immediately like, oh, my God, like these guys have better guns than I. So I start picking up these guns. And then someone comes running and screaming out of the alleyway. And I didn't realize the the she had like fire hands and like her forearms had like electrical, like, like knives or stabby things, whatever. And she's like pounding the ground. And I don't realize this. I'm in water. So she's electrifying the water. She's punching me and I'm like catching on fire. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I thought this game was just like an RPG. Like, I didn't realize you could like fucking become like basically like a, like a cybernetic wizard. And she's freaking the fuck out. So I like pick up one of these Militech guns and I just fucking absolutely just blast the area i think i maybe i failed once i don't remember but i did end up killing her and then i get a, like uh, i have to like call somebody to be like hey i took this person out and they're like man you probably shouldn't have killed her i was like probably shouldn't have killed her like she tried to kill me and i'm like level like two and she's setting the ground on like electrical fire she's setting me on fire like what the hell is going on here um but i i have gotten to the point in the story where i know who Keanu Reeves' character is. And I'm about to be given my free roam again. And I'll just like keep it kind of vague like that. But I'm having a great time with it. Um, I've been involved. I've been basically playing it like two or three nights like already this week. And I've been like glued to that. I don't even think I've even touched my PlayStation. I'm really, really enjoying uh, Cyberpunk. I believe Tim got it for me for Christmas. So thank you to Tim for that. But yeah, holy crap, it's great. And I'm gonna try it on my Steam Deck. It it has a Steam Deck mode now. It's been it's like Steam Deck approved or certified or whatever they call it. So I'm probably gonna give Wait, that you a go. Have, you have a Steam Deck? Oh yeah. Yep. I did not know that. Yeah, I got it for Christmas. Um yeah, my uncle uncle grabbed it for me. 
but yeah, no, I have a I have a Steam Deck. I've been playing. I beat like a few games this year on it already. Uh, that was that, the the first game I beat on it. You might be proud of this, Adriano. So you always like you have like you know pretty killer hardware, and you play like an old game. Yeah. Uh, the Steam Deck isn't a, like killer hardware in terms of like a what a desktop could do, but um, one of the first games, if not the first game that I beat on the Steam Deck was par- was Driver Parallel Lines. I just like figured out how to get a control scheme working course, on uh, it. It's just playing Driver Parallel Lines. Of course you did, Matt. Of beat course it though. You did. Beat it. Dr- off the backlog, gone. Actually, no, it was it was the first game I beat on there because the second game I beat was Warhammer 40k Space Marine. So I know I love the Steam Deck. What, Use it all the time. What model did you what do you have? Top. Nice. Yeah, that's the one I yeah. So I uh I forgot the I my Steam Deck did come in. I I um I opened it from the shipping package. I actually haven't opened it directly yet. I, I'm probably hoping Oh, you haven't used it yet. No, I I just got it. I just came in. Not, yeah, I, not, I think I think you're gonna like it. Hmm? Did you? I think I sent a photo to. I don't. Know if I sent it. Yeah. To, oh no, yeah, I, okay. I reacted to it. I I thought that was two days ago though, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I uh, because I think it was Thursday. Yeah, maybe no, I said that yesterday. I think. Okay, so yeah, okay, yesterday as of recording this. Okay, I don't remember. Um, yeah, I look forward to to trying that. Let me ask you, uh, when it comes to games from other. Uh, manager like a non-sponsors yeah yeah how does that how does that work so it's linux so you have to have a linux client epic games and gog have alternate clients like that's something that people have made that just run on linux so you can install those there is no way to get the xbox app working however there is an official guide on the microsoft website to get xbox game streaming working on the steam deck with the so, controls that are built into the to the Steam Deck. Um, so it means I have that X, Xbox Ultimate. Yeah, you'd have to stream those. Um, well, I believe that you can stream it like you have a nice PC. You can just yeah. stream it from your PC. That's uh, oh, oh, wait, that, that, that'd be only Steam, though. Right. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. Well, maybe because I also have a two week free trial for Xbox Ultimate. Maybe I'll try it with that, see how that goes. But um, what else have you been playing, Matt? Uh, honestly, Cyberpunk mostly. I did do a little bit of um, Monster Hunter Rise with Tim. We did another couple of hunts. We're working on getting me a new weapon and a new set of armor. We've gotten two or three of the pieces built, and one of them is like one component away so pretty close um because we we just got into high rank so we're in like i guess low high rank and uh i'm still using obviously all the low rank gear that i've had which i'm not having trouble with it but i don't want to like hit a wall necessarily i want to like get ready for, ready for that uh increase in difficulty so i'm um, slowly but surely working on getting new gear a lot of it is kind of locked out to me because i haven't um, i haven't like done a lot of the high rank stuff so i don't have like i don't even know what the materials are like my character doesn't even know what they are yet type of thing but i've been uh doing a little bit of that but i haven't touched fortnite at all since i started playing cyberpunk i have played cod though i'm still still doing the cod um i am at my highest ever kill death ratio ever i'm slowly but surely creeping up which is good uh for the first time ever in, in in my personal cod history so i'm i'm enjoying it um I definitely have my moments where I get pretty pissed off at the game, but I think that's just Call of Duty, to be honest. 
And uh, really, that's uh, that's been my week. Nice. Um, I um, so remember that that problem I've been having with my computer where it, like it would just grind and 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 stutter. Yeah, and we we concluded that it was my me accidentally filling up my entire SSD with shit. <laughs> yeah. So I cleared it, and it has been significantly better, but it still does happen on occasion. Um, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine, uh, another his name also happened to be Matt, and he said, he, "How do he go?" He goes, "Well, when like when you delete something off a drive, it can't physically, it can't delete that information." It just clears it to be overwritten. That's right. He goes, so you deleting it, like that garbage is still there. So if it's still trying to work through all that stuff, you it might take a while or it might just happen infrequently. And I was going to ask you, is there is there a tool for me to use to tell it to, like, is there a way to actually clean that out and like to legitimately empty it or how, like, I... It shouldn't it like I mean, if it needs the space to work with, because like the thing we thought it was doing was like it didn't have enough space to work. And so it would hang because it was like, you know, desperately trying to clear it like it needed four gigs to work. You only give it three gigs, let's say. So it like does two gigs worth of work, you know, gets rid of that really quick and then puts the other two gigs in. Um, what I would actually say to do, because like now that you have the space, it should be able to just take the four or the five or the eight or whatever it needs. I would it when you go to like this like the, this PC app or whatever in the file explorer, if you right click on the drive, you can just like actually clean up the drive. Like there's just a built-in windows cleanup tool and it will clean up like garbage files and crap like that. Uh, you are on mute. Sorry. I open windows explorer. You go to like this PC mm-hmm. and then you can right click on the drive yeah. and then you can, I'm on windows 10 by the way. Uh, but you can go, so it might be a little different, but you can go to uh, properties and um tools uh wait hang on where is it you don't want error checking no sorry it's right in general and there's a disk cleanup button and it'll do like an audit on like you know old junk folders like old windows updates kicking around i do not have that okay so they may have because this is like an old interface they may have moved that to the settings but it's called disk cleanup so I, yeah, so it says on that thing there's a it gave me like an options. It said like details or options, and I opened it and it took me to the Windows 11 settings like thing. It says I'm in system stored and storage used on other drives, local disk, and this is how your storage is used and how you can free up space. Temporary files, um, installed apps. System and reserved other OneDrive. It doesn't actually give me any options here, though. It just tells me what's happening. Okay, maybe uh, we might be able to look it up, but like there should be like a disk cleanup utility somewhere. I would not, imagine, unless they got rid of it. Not error checking. That's not what you're talking. Not about. error checking. Is error checking is just going to check if there's like literally yeah. like bad bad sectors. Uh, and then optimize and defragment drive. That's not what you're talking about, right? Like you, you could do that, but. I've, Traditionally, I've told, SSDs don't really yeah. need it. I've been told not to do that with an SSD. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I mean, it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Okay, so okay, so it says here. This is right from support.microsoft.com for Windows 10 and 11. In the search box on the taskbar, 
Type disk space cleanup, all one word for cleanup, and select disk cleanup from the list of results. Select the drive you want to clean up, then press OK. And then under files to delete, select the file types to get rid of, to get a description of each file type, you can select it, and then you can press OK. And if you want to free up more space, you can also delete system files. And then you do that same thing in disk cleanup, and you select cleanup system files. And then you select the file types to get rid of, and then you can also get a description of each of those, and then you press OK. Okay, yeah, so I, I hit it, I hit C, and it says, yeah, you can use disk cleanup to free up to, to 80 gigs of disk on space C. Okay, so I have 80 gigs of just garbage. So I, I would like I would clear that. Like, Sorry, and is that, so what were the things that downloaded program? Pro, uh, what am I? Hmm? What were, oh, you what, just, hmm? you, go, you, you just go to like the disk cleanup utility, right? Yeah, and then... But they said to check certain things, which ones to like, if you want to see what the different, like it should mm. list file types. Like if you yeah. want to see what they are, you can go, you can click on them to get more details. Well, it says here recycling bin is most of that 80 gigs, which means I can just empty the oh, recycling. Oh well, yeah, empty your recycle bin. Good Lord. Yeah, I usually do. But the thing is, I, 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 it was fairly empty and I freed up a lot of space on my computer, but it was still doing this this grinding thing and it could it could be another problem like the problem with it is that it's just like it seems to be grinding but it's never crashing so it's never giving us an error code the only other way to like really check that i could think of off the top of my head is to like check the event viewer to see if there's any errors at that exact time that the grinding happens gotcha. um but like, I mean, you did say it, it became less when you freed up space. So maybe it just needs like another good clean. Yeah. But it, like this could be anything from like a like a RAM stick gone bad to like something in the registry is not right. Gotcha. So. The wonders right. and, and the wonders of, of troubleshooting windows. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But uh, that's it. That's it for this episode. We're going to conclude with some IT. <laughs> so how how long was the last one? Two. I'm going to check. Two hours and 20 minutes, maybe? Maybe? Uh, Hang on. It's taking forever to load here. It, it now, lo like, because I, I just go to Anchor, but Anchor's now podcasters for or Spotify for podcasters. Or well, I'm going to just actually load up. Two hours, 14 minutes, 53 seconds. And right yeah. now we're at two hours, 38 minutes, 28 seconds, but uh, obviously, some of it will be cut for the intro and stuff. Okay, next time we gotta go even longer. Gotta make it longer. That would actually be a good up, good idea for podcasts. Every episode you have to make it longer than the last. You'd get like depending on how much more, like how much longer you would want. You would you have, have to. to you like, have to play a game of chicken with it. You're like, okay, we have to like aim for a minute. The next time, like, try to only aim for two minutes. But if you accidentally go to ten. Next time you gotta go longer. You gotta go more than ten. Like a year in, I mean, if you manage it properly, like a year in, depending on how much you you also, I guess, release, you're gonna be like doing like a six hour podcast, and the poor bugger that has to edit it. I mean, some people don't edit like every little. Like I don't edit absolutely every little thing. Yeah. Um. But like some people will. Like I've I've heard podcast editors be like, oh, you know, if you say the word okay a lot, I'm gonna listen to all the okays you say choose the okay I like, and then paste that on over all the other okays. Really? Uh, yeah. And I, I heard that on a podcast recently and I was like, what is this person doing? And then I kind of thought, I was like, hang on, I'm listening to a podcast right now that they're on and they edit this one. How fake 
is this podcast? Like how not fake, but how edited is this podcast? Isn't that yeah. wild? Very soon you can have uh chat or Bing do it. <laughs> the problem with that one though is like obviously these bots still make mistakes. Like like mistakes enough that like if we were playing with it for 10 minutes each, like you know, Bing would mess up or Chat GPT would mess up. Um you would have to listen to the episode. So you would like if you're a person that like wants an AI to do it for the efficiency of an AI doing it, you would have to listen to the whole thing. And so it just makes it no longer efficient. <laughs> but anyway, that concludes today's episode. Uh, you can come check us out on, uh, on Twitch. Sometimes we've <laughs> been pretty, pretty uh, sparingly streaming, but we can ch- check us out on the old Twitch on twitch.tv slash Damon patch media, uh, where we, uh, on Wednesdays, we'll play Baldur's Gate sometimes, and then I don't know where what the status of R- Ryan's Monday Mac stream is. Uh, but if that's happening, then it will happen on Mondays, and uh, that concludes this episode. Peace. What? Peace.